Hey all you anime addicts, Mitsugi here. Well, it is regrettable, but unfortunately we definitely had some significant audio problems with this recorded podcast episode. It's borderline that I wouldn't even want to release the episode for you. However, we covered so much content in this episode that I feel like I have no choice but to release it. The good news is that we are I am hiring an audio engineer to come into our studio and get us set up with a brand new audio interface. We're going to dump the mixer and move on to bigger and better things. So hopefully this is all going to be wrapped up soon. It's a problem that we've been wrestling with for a few weeks now, and it's, it is regrettable. But I hope that many of you can still enjoy the podcast this week. And, um, and hopefully the fun that we have recording these podcasts for you will be the shining characteristic of this recording that will make you enjoy the podcast as much as you normally do. So again, I do apologize for the audio quality, but let's get started. This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. Right now, you can head to JList.com forward slash J... I messed it up. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to start over again. This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. Right now on JList.com, you can head to JList.com forward slash box to get a special box full of snacks. You can have a snack box, a large snack box, or even a Halloween snack box. Head over right now and make me happy. No subscription required. Um, I do like how it's another a- 1944 anime. Like, why are all a- these anime in the same this era? This is a show that will be... It's a, this is all you need to know. Okay. Cute girls fly and fight with guns. That's it. And it's going to be like in every single Japanese claw machine in the entirety of Japan. Because there's going to be 7,000 figures of girls holding like chain guns. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. Everyone and welcome to the 343rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host Chiaki, and I am joined today by Mitsugi. Oh my God, it's so good to be here. And Kazuo. Oh sweet, sweet nectar. And we are dedicated to that sweet nectar. What is it, boys? Making Make your, your anime addiction worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've made this podcast worse. <laughs> That so good we, to be here. We have a great show for you. We, Cats and dogs. We do. You can find us at aaapodcast.com. Create an account to get access to hentai episodes, hobby addicts, after parties, and a bunch of other stuff that amounts up to eight additional podcast episodes every month. We're also on Google Play, headed right to your earballs from Google Play. Right off the bat on this podcast, I want to give a big thank you to Sock Creature, who may or may not be in the chat. She probably will be eventually. But uh, Sock, Sock Creature went to PAX East, I think it was, or PAX West. I'm so one jealous. Of the, one of the PAXs, and went to the Puzzle Dragons booth and got me a Puzzle Dragons lanyard and a keychain and sent it to me in the mail. So thank you so much. You are the absolute best. I'm going to wear it at work, and everybody's going to say, what the hell is that, yeah. little, <laughs> like, that little creature thing on your lanyard? And I'll have to explain every 10 minutes that it's Puzzle Dragons, 
You should. You should have like a little card that just explains puzzle dragons with like a QR code. So at the end of it, people can be like, and just take a photo of this with your phone. To That's download. really too bad because I know talking about puzzle dragons is, is, you know, something that you really don't like to do. Yeah, I actually hate hate doing that. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like your least favorite game. That drop is that one better? Better than the <laughs> yeah, I, I see. I'm I, I'm see I'm searching for a I'm searching for the drop for like yeah, the news of the it week. Out. You gotta feel it out, man. We can't all just hit it out of the park like I did with my Kazuo's catch-up drop. Yeah, I I want to find I want to <laughs> find a drop a, a, a recording of like a Moe girls talking about how she loves flowers or cake or something, and then have Vegeta <laughs> blow her away and then have <laughs> her screaming. That would be awesome. <laughs> I just didn't have time to find the Moe girl. So. so I'm going to let Mitsugi lead this big news hit of the week because he didn't pick the one that I wanted to talk about. Well, we are doing our, our picks for the fall 2016 season. And so I thought, why not do a, a an opening article about the most anticipated anime of fall 2016 by Japanese fans? Yeah, okay. I guess this is good, too. Whatever. That makes sense. So, I mean, I thought it made sense. So, um, jumping right in here, the there was a a survey done in Japan. They do it every every they do it every season uh, for Japanese magazines, <clears throat> and it looks like the number one most anticipated anime of fall 2016 is is shouldn't surprise anybody. It looks like the top five or six are all sequels. Okay, which probably makes sense because they already have the equity built up everybody knows them already so number one is haikyuu season three not I, surprised yeah. i haven't seen haikyuu myself but i've heard nothing but good things and then especially from kimiko of course yeah, who's literally well. getting it tattooed on her really yeah she's getting a haikyuu tattoo um what what and where uh i think she is she has it designed it's like on the her face haikyuu. It's the Haikyuu volleyball with like a, a raven's feather or something. There's something about like a black feather that relates to one of the characters in the show, and it's going to be like right here it's, by her elbow. I wish, I wish I was as passionate about something as Kimiko is. It's Karasuno, I think, is like, yeah. I think one of the team's schools means like black raven or something. Um, and their jerseys are black. The, oh, the next one up is Natsume Eugenio Go, which I guess is like, Go means five, so maybe it's the fifth season. It is. Oh, wow. Sound and I'm euphonium. also not surprised by that. Yeah, yeah. I won't be watching that, but whatever. I'm I'm too far behind, you know. Um, Sound Euphonium Two, okay, aka Girls in Short Skirts Play Brass Instruments, and my favorite Bungo Stray Dogs, which we just reviewed. I know we're gonna want to watch that. Woo! Uh, right, Cosmo. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Uh, look at the time. Gotta uh, go. Uh, and Utano Prince Sama Maji Dabu Legend Daisetsu Suta. Say what now? It's uh, Utano Prince Sama Maji Love Legend Star is uh, huh. number five. I don't know what the hell that is. Okay. I think Utawa Prince Sama, though, is, was an anime that already came out, so that would be also be a sequel. Could be wrong. Don't care if I am. But <laughs> So Japan is clinging to its sequels, not surprisingly. But isn't that sad that like there's no highly anticipated new anime? Yeah, I mean, I, I get that the, the the most highly anticipated ones would be sequels because it's what people are more familiar with, so they would probably be looking forward to that the most. It's kind of hard to anticipate something that you don't know what it is. So, I mean, hopefully that will change as the season goes on. But but, but why is that? I mean, is that a function of Japanese animation studios and TV networks not doing a good job of marketing things? Um, I mean, certainly something must have, must have hype before it comes out. Sure. Yeah, I would say that's 
part to do with it. Um, another part is just the lack of originality in anime in general. I mean, there's, you know, we always talk about it, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on in this episode. There are so many shows that come out that it's just retellings of the same stories that we've seen over and over again. So, but that's what sells. So that's what they keep making. Okay. All right. So on this episode, I assume we're good to move on. We've covered that. I think so. Okay. On this episode, we have a double feature for you guys. We oh kind of my have God. Yeah, I know. We kind of have two main topics. We're going to jump right into one, and that is the fall 2016 anime selections. We have our picks, and then right after that, we are going to do our final studio spotlight on Kyoto Animation. And then we are going to round out the episode with a review of ReZero, which I, I'm going to say is an anticipated review because yeah. I think a lot of people really liked that one. Did we agree? Did we disagree? What did we think? Well, just I have a feeling we're not going to agree and we're all going to end up hating each other. Oh, we're going to disagree with each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So, all right. and, and the, the reason why we're doing the, the, the fall picks right now, somewhat unannounced, is because there will be no podcast next weekend. I'm going out of town. Um, it's not happening. So, and I didn't want to wait until the following week to do the fall picks because if we did that, the season would have already started. Right. And people are going to be saying, well, why'd you pick that show? It obviously is terrible. I watched episode one and we won't, and then we're, we're going to sound dumb having not seen it while all of you have. So correction from the chat. It's toy animation. You said Kyoto. Well, the doc. Yeah, the doc was updated. updated. Oh right. my God. It's, Way to go, Mitsugi. That's Mitsugi's <laughs> fault, everyone. I just want to make sure that you if all If anybody know that. else would like to help update the 10-page document. Oh, excuse you. I do it many weeks. <laughs> excuse you. Excuse you. Excuse me. Excuse you. Just a minute there, <laughs> okay, so, Mr. Um, Mitsugi. So looking at the chart here, it's pretty clear Kimiko got screwed over royally on her picks. I, I don't know if anybody has ever had to go 14 choices down to get five anime. Wow, but um, that's deep. So so the next so <laughs> the next the next worst was Chiaki got her ninth pick, but she also got her top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with my picks overall. <laughs> she poor poor Kimiko went oh first gee, pick, uh, sixth pick, eighth pick, tenth pick, and fourteenth pick. I that w- is brutal. I wonder who got the best picks of theirs. Who could that? Everybody possibly? pretty much got what they wanted except Kimiko. Oh well, no! I'm just saying, like, who 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 did who got uh, who did the best in their picks? I think I, I don't know. Well, as actually, far as who was higher up on their list of, if, we're looking if, at it right now. It's if you. You're, if you're insinuating <laughs> that I did something, I'm just saying I would say that you, you got listen your top your, the deepest you had to go was six, meaning that you only didn't get one of your top guys, five. Guys, I'm, gonna I'm just something. saying. Guys, we are all winners, and if the last seasons have proven anything, I have already picked the best anime. That's not true at all. <laughs> I look, look. Uh, I think 91 I... 91 Days, Orange, I uh, think... Rakugo. It's your own fault, guys, because I picked first, so you easily could have, like, maneuvered your choices to either beat me out mm-hmm. or get mm-hmm. a different things. That's so. okay. I'm, I'm, just... I'm happy with my picks. Anyway, who's going to do who's gonna do Kimiko's picks? I will, because I have a girl voice. There you go. So long as you don't talk like that while you're doing the pick. You mean I can't talk like this? You gotta talk like Kimiko. All right, so I'm gonna start off. I don't know how. I don't. How does Kimiko talk? I mean, you've known her for how many years? With laughter that explodes microphones to to death. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not even close. No, I know. I just figured you didn't want me to actually explode the microphone. We should have a listener call in to pretend to be Kimiko. All right, so I'm gonna do my first pick here. It's Tiger Mask W. I uh, I don't watch the PVs before I pick. I don't really spend much time on this. 
I figure between the four of us, we will get everything that's good, no matter who picks what. Right. Which is pretty and, much true. And we all watch everything anyways. Yeah, for the yeah. most part. This is more just ceremonious. So Tiger Mask W, it's a toy animation release, I guess. And I I thought it I thought it had, had interesting promo art. It's got a it's got a cool guy in like a tiger mask. It's about a wrestler. Two young wrestlers face each other in a recently revived underground wrestling organization called the Tiger's Lair. This seems familiar. Yeah. Is is Tiger Mask like something that's been around for a while? It does have like an old look to it. Yeah. So it it could be. Um so they one took over one of the two wrestlers took over a training facility of Naoto Date, who I don't know who that is, but he's at the mount of the foot of Mount Fuji, as well as the mask he left behind. And the other one, the other fighter enters the tiger's lair and won a fierce competition. And the chat says original tiger mask anime was from the seventies. There you go. Well, that makes sense. Cause this thing looks like it was from the seventies. I watched the trailer and I don't think they animated anything in the trailer at all. <laughs> in fact, I can't, why did you pick it? <laughs> I told you, I don't watch the trailer. Oh, I don't care. I don't, take the time right i don't have the time to watch 40 trailers ain't nobody got time there ain't no one got time for that i don't i don't have the time so i feel you plus how if i watch the trailers then i wouldn't be able to come to you and say i don't even know if this anime is animated i, I have nothing i have no proof and this you know what even watching the trailers for some anime you you still might not know no for sure i, I honestly like if i pull up the trailer here for you yeah cosmo and just have you look at it sure and and uh I, I promise people that we won't spend this much time on every show. But if you look at this, like Famous 15 seconds. Oh my God, it's seriously not animated. I, I honestly don't know if it is. Um, <laughs> I'm going to post the link into the chat because since, since YouTube will not allow me to play. Oh, there's a little some, anima there's some animation right there. I, I want, YouTube will not allow me, to, allow me to play trailers that they already have on their own website. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this is this. What I'm, studio? I am not excited. What studio is this from? Toy Animation, oh, which okay. means it's probably animated by people from the Philippines. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah. I'm done. That's my fifth pick. Tiger Mask W. Dubs. Dubs. Yeah. All right, Jackie. I think you're up next. I, I, I'm still I'm still wondering what the issue was with animated by people from the Philippines. But anyway. Um, because Toy Animation is notorious for outsourcing to the Philippines. And then you have things like AKA Dragon Ball Super. You have Goku fighting without eyeballs. We'll, we'll get to that okay, in our I'm toy just, animation. I'm just saying it's a problem. Discussion. It feel, could be an issue. I feel slightly uncomfortable, so I'm gonna move on. Why? Why? You? Okay. Uh, uh, did you? Do you really want to get into this right now? Let's do it. Well, you, <laughs> you would <laughs> because because my kind of point is to say like it that that it's bad animation because they outsource to the Philippines is yes that's that's a fact actually that is not. Maybe no, it it's is. the fact that it was it was mismanaged or misbudgeted mm. or wasn't checked properly or didn't have appropriate like key animation frames or maybe was rushed in production. To say that it was bad because it was sent out to the Philippines just kind of rubs me the wrong so way. So it may not be bad because it was sent out to the Philippines. However, historically, anime that has been sent out to the Philippines to be animated has not has been, been the best. Look, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Philippines, but if you look online, no, if you not. look if you look it up online, it's it's documented that that the that the animation that comes out of the Philippines is not done well. And this is and, and we're not talking about anime. We're not talking about animation here. We're talking about animation production by Toei Animation. Yeah. Which means all they do is look at all, all they do is produce it. They don't they're not making anything in some cases. We're right. gonna get into that later. We but will. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Toei's doing key animation. They're not even doing that. 
Oh. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, so my this was my ninth pick overall is Luger Code 1951, and I did watch the I did watch the PV. I was so so interested. From my anime list, uh, the story follows a young genius university professor who is able to learn any language. He is asked to decipher a code used in wireless communication, the Luger code, developed by werewolves, enemies to mankind. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this sounds like a spy novel. Yeah, werewolves. it sounds like that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Startled to but find that he can, but startled to find that he cannot decipher the code and desperate to study it, the professor embarks on a journey to capture a living werewolf to aid him. Um, I don't know. Once once I start to get in my ninth pick, it starts to be on the the verge of uh, maybe it's okay. But one thing that I thought was interesting uh, was that the story idea was submitted for the Shonen Jump Plus X uh, Animax Anime Scenario Award contest. Um, and it was the theme of the contest was quote your original scenario in the image of Shonen Jump, and it was it accepted unpublished ent entries that could be made into a short anime, thirty to forty minutes in length. And uh, Haneki's one scenario uh, scenario won the grand prize, which won him two million yen, a manga adaptation in Shonen Shonen Jump Plus, and an anime adaptation. So. Um, I, I think it's cool that it was created by someone who's, you know, as, aspiring. And uh, I'm excited, I guess, for Luger Code 1951. All right. So I guess I'm up next. My uh, fifth pick here would be um, seventh on my list. And that is Nanbaka. And of course... Just so you know, Cosmo. Yes. I, um, your, yours are in order of popularity again, no, I know. right? Yeah. So I was actually just going to say that. So as some of the listeners may know, as I've done before, um, the picks, the, the order in which my shows have been picked are by popularity on uh, my anime list. So basically you go on there, you find all the different shows that are coming out this season um, and then select them in the order of the of what people are looking forward to the most. So Because Cosmo is a people pleaser. Yes, I'm, I'm a man of the people is, is really what it comes down to. And I'm trying to watch the shows that you want to see. So... Uh, the fifth choice is Nanbaka. There's not a lot of information on this show that I was able to find. Um, it is based on a manga, as so many anime are. Uh, this one is uh, a manga that has two volumes currently. It's been running since October of 2013. Uh, the studio is Satellite, which has worked on quite a few um, popular anime like Log Horizon, Fairy Tale, uh, Helsing Ultimate, you know, Macross F, just a bunch of shows that you've probably seen and that are um, pretty well animated, I would say. Uh, a quick synopsis, literally all it says on my anime list, sourced by Crunchyroll, is it is, quote, a super exciting action comedy starring the inmates and guards of the world's most formidable prison. If you watch the, the trailer, the PV for it, there's this, like, inescapable prison island um, that these inmates try to break out of, and, and they're just, like, goofy, over-the-top characters um, it looks to be well animated. It looks to be super, uh, like anime over the top characters. Like you know, they do the oh, crazy anime faces and whatnot. But it looks like it's just going to be mindless fun. So I'm I'm pretty excited for this one. Okay. 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 So Kimiko's. No, don't please God. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Kimiko's overall 
oh shit i ended up i ended up not scrolling to the bottom of the list because i was like surely her 10th pick <laughs> was was as far as you know you have um, to go deeper <laughs> i must go deeper so the, her overall 14th pick 14 well <laughs> was um watashi ga motete dosunda and i'm going to assume that at this point she was just putting um whatever kind of was looked tolerable on the list um this anime translates to english boys please kiss him instead of me and the synopsis is k uh kai excuse me kai is a second year high schooler and an avid fujoshi who secretly ships her classmates igarashi-kun and nanashima-kun the death of her favorite anime character causes her to become stressed and loses weight rapidly. Now that uh, now that Kai has become attractive to her classmates, her snarky kohai Shinomiya-kun and her senpai Mitsumi, um, I guess, are attracted to her. How is she going to deal with them? With her constant boy love filled Fujoshi mind. Basically, basically, what it sounds like is it sounds like a reverse harem where the girl wants all the boys to sleep together. What is this anime called? This anime is called Watashi ga Motete Dosunda, or Boys. I'm surprised it was so low on Kimiko's list. Please yeah, kiss him, uh, not me. Me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and maybe Kimiko's going to be happy with it. Maybe it is going to tickle her Kimiko heart. But yeah. So, it, it, you know, it can't be worse than Boongo Stray Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right, Cosmo. Yeah. Are are we are we still revoking Kimiko's right to pick? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna have an intervention for her last episode. But we were kind of nice about it, you know. Um, oh my goodness, poor Kimiko. She's not here to defend herself, so every pick will be a joke. <laughs> All right, so my next pick was is Blood of Wars. <laughs> I know it's like a ridiculous title. Um, nom nom, tasty blood. Um, but uh, oh gee, I wonder what it could be about. Blood of Wars. Well, we're gonna find out. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna yeah. guess. Yeah. Vampires. So <gasps> it's it's done by a studio I've never heard of before called Creators in Pack. Uh, and let, if that's if that's the real name, then is it a pack of vampires? I don't know. <laughs> but um, I, I I looked at their credits and they've only they haven't done any other TV anime series that I've seen. They've done OVAs and specials and I think a couple movies, but they've never done a TV series. So I pulled up a. Uh, I watched the PV for this, and the one thing that I took away from the PV was that this anime is ex it's excessively violent. I mean, there's a shot where a guy has like an explosive collar on his neck. Nothing too unique, you know. And but same like, old, same old. Good old saw. But it explodes, and his head explodes, and like you know, it's and and they don't do the the Tokyo Ghoul black stuff across the screen, or the terraformers where they black out everything, or they put the white light across. They just show his head straight explode. Makes sense. Seems legit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And um, I, I think that this is like one of those shows that people will probably watch for the violence in it. It's about a case of insomnia that strikes a population that makes them stay awake for a whole week. And the victims become, they get so sleep deprived that they go crazy. And uh, they produce a new medicine in order to to cure the onus, but the medicine turns people into vampires. Into vampires? Into vampires. <laughs> Kuketsuki. And so then humanity goes to war against the vampires. Wow, I've never heard that story before. It's not terribly original. Uh, I noted that it has a stupid title, 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> and the animation looks very average at best. It's you know what though? It the the title does get to the point though. You know, you've got herbivores, carnivores, they're bloodivores. They survive on blood. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um seems legit. I, I think if they were really to if they were to assign a name to it, it, it would be like hemovore or something for hemoglobin, you mm. know. But uh, why not blood of war? Why Don't not? It's not beat around the bush, man. Let's not be clinical about it. You know, screw that shit. <laughs> it's it's blood of war. Okay, so I think if you're if you're if you're looking for a show that has a lot of violence in it, and that's what and that's the driving selling point of the anime series, then I think this is good for you. Okay, is it my turn? I believe so. Woo! So you know how we had Shigatsu Akimino Uso, and that was amazing, right? Sure. Yeah, which is. Your Lie in April, Shigatsu, the fourth month. Right. Well, my next anime... Gogatsu no Onto da. What does that mean? <laughs> the Truth of, of May. No. <laughs> Gogatsu no Honto. But it is Sangatsu no Lion. What does that mean? Which um, they're translating it to March Comes in Like a Lion or Lion, in Mar lion of March. But what I think is interesting is that this was actually on the big hit that we talked about at the start of the show this was actually the sixth most anticipated show Ooh. uh for you know japanese what like viewers the pv looks awesome i love the animation style i love kind of that touching slice of lifestyle uh the synopsis from my anime list the protagonist is ray a 17 year old shogi player he lives by himself and not having a family and does not go to school and scarcely has any friends so a real winner Oh yeah. Among his acquaintances. Oh come on now. Well, Sounds like me. <laughs> oh, Kazuo. Except I'm not playing shogi. <laughs> All you need to do now, Kazuo, is learn shogi. Yes. Um, among his acquaintances is a family which consists of a young woman, Akadi, and two young girls, Momo and Hinata, uh, who also keep a numerous number of cats. So <laughs> it does sound like me. <laughs> so I mean, I, I like. This one just, I, I love the style of it. I love the way it looks. And it was my fourth pick overall, so I'm really excited for it. And even more excited now that I know that um, viewers in Japan are excited for it because it is based off of a manga. Um, well, it isn't it, it isn't complete yet. I'm still, you know, i'm I'm looking forward to this one. Like I think it's I think it's gonna be good, guys. I have a good feeling. So awesome. Yeah, all right. So let's see, I guess I'm up next. So my um, fourth place show was my sixth pick, and that is called Trickster. I believe the full title is, let's see here. Oh, it's a long one. Trickster. Well, yes, there's that. Um, Trickster, uh, Edogawa Rampo, and then in quotes, Shonen Tanteidan. Unquote. Just, just for the record, I was not laughing at your pronunciation. I'm laughing at these stupid titles that are like a million words yeah. long. What does that even mean, though? Edelgo? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, okay. So, anyways, I'll, I'll read you guys the synopsis real quick. It says here, uh, it's it's a bit of a lengthy synopsis, but the story is set in 2030. This is the plot, uh, and the Shonen Tanteidan, which is Detective Boys have been assembled under the mysterious detective Kogoro Akechi. Their actions have led to their the resolution of various small and large incidents. One day, team member Kensuke meets a boy named Yoshio, uh, who has an, undying, or, what? has an undying body because of an unidentifiable fog. 
uh, wishes his own death and refuses contact with others. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say? Did you say an undying body? Yeah. What Some, the hell does that mean? It's due to an undefinable, un, unidentifiable fog. <laughs> his soul is dead. Don't, don't question it, man. <laughs> it's been dead for a long time. Um. So Kensuke, it is the most emo. Let's see. Kensuke takes an interest in Yoshio and invites him to join the detective team. An encounter eventually uh, leads them to a connection between the criminal named Fiend with 20 Faces and uh, the detective guy, Koguro. Anyways, um, I don't know. It looks interesting. I watched the PV. It, it didn't really show you much. The studio, it's actually two studios working on it, uh, TMS Entertainment and Shinai, or Shinai Entertain, or Animation. So uh, they've uh, TMS worked on ReLife, uh, D. Gray Man, um, a few other things on here, Orange. Uh, Shine worked on Ama, Ama Ama to Inazuma, which is a show that we'll be reviewing soon. Or have we reviewed it yet? I don't think so. Um, I don't think we passed that, did we? No, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We it's, definitely it's, did. It's in the queue. So, you know, a couple of studios that have worked on some decent shows. I will say, though, Shine did also work on Denki Guy no Honya-san, which was something. <laughs> it was something. It was something. So <laughs> it was animated. I, Kazuo, I love your descriptions of anime. It's like <laughs> it's, it was it's something. It was animated. <laughs> it sure was. So I don't know. We'll see. It seems interesting enough. Again, it, it it's all based on what people are looking forward to the most, and this is up there on the list. So we shall see. All right. Fear the populace. <laughs> coming in, the, the founding fathers of America did. Um, coming in at number 10 is Schumann for Kimiko. I'm talking for Kimiko now. Mm. Shumatsu no Izeta. Uh, weekends Izeta? Um, Izeta the Last Witch is how what? it is. Uh, Doesn't Shumatsu mean weekend? <laughs> I guess I'd have, to see the, I'd have to see the kanji. I don't know. I don't. I, Mitsugi, since when did you um, really expect anime to make sense? I actually watched the PV for this one and it, it looks pretty, like, kind of epic. It. So I watched the PV for this one too, and it does look epic, but I did see a couple things that, and maybe, and maybe I'm absolutely crazy, but I saw a couple things that almost reminded me of um, the sacred blacksmith with like this oh. magical girl that like comes out of nowhere to affect a war. I don't know. I don't know. I just got some vibes that I wasn't quite a fan of. You weren't digging it too much. I wasn't digging it too okay. much. Um this one, but but that but that being said, uh this one was actually my number eighth pick. So I number mean, eighth. Number eight. <laughs> yes, number eight. She's an author. Because <laughs> that's English. <laughs> <laughs> I write the words. Um anyways, so the synopsis according to my anime list. If I am promised to be to if I am promised to the princess, then I will fight for her sake. In 1939 Common Era, the imperialist nation of Germania, Germania, invented a neighboring country. All at once, that war spread throughout Europe, and the era was dragged into a spiral of a great war. Then, in 1940, Germania's attack turned to the Principality of Ildstadt, I guess, a small Alp Alps country, abundant with beautiful water and greenery. Is that like is that like a cross between Germany and Romania? <laughs> Germania, I, I guess. I mean, clearly, it's it's kind of supposed to be like a world war situation. There's been a lot of shows in that kind of era slash location. Oh yeah, recently. it sounds like Germany conquered Romania and they named it Germania. Sure, I, let's I mean, go with that. Is, is, that's what I'm taking away from it, right? I guess. I, I recall a girl was riding around on a missile in the PV. What? Did I miss that? <laughs> 
hold the, hold <laughs> the phone. Was that right? It wouldn't surprise me. Okay, I'm pretty sure I saw that, yeah. Is it another one of those anime where the girl is the missile? <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> Anyways, so, but it, it does look really well animated, so I can say that much for it. All, All right. right. <laughs> so next up, I got a show here called Brave Witches. <laughs> Oh, Mitsugi, you're the best. <laughs> I know. Oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> so, Brave Witches, I guess it's the sequel to Strike Witches, which was an anime that got a lot of criticism back in the day because it was lowly con. And since then, everything is lowly con. Right. I think they were like a lowly con uh, trailblazer. And then it was like Beavis and Butthead, right? Everyone got all pissed off about it. And then in the end, the people making Beavis and Butthead didn't give a shit. <laughs> about like the soccer moms and stuff and so they just kept making lolicon it's done by studio silverlink whom if you are familiar with their work they do mostly like cute girl stuff i love i love uh what bcom in the chat says just mitsugi dot 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 come on <laughs> <laughs> burning wolf burning wolf really mitts <laughs> well you know sometimes you just don't spend much time picking <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. You, you know what? I can say one thing. At least I'm unpredictable. I, <laughs> That's I, true. My favorite thing about picking anime every single time is the fact that Mitsugi is possibly the most opinionated out of all of us, mm. and he spends the least amount of time <laughs> Human looking being alive, into his anime. But he does pick like shows that you would never imagine. Oh, yeah, pick. for sure. So it's done by Silverlink, who does nothing but girl, like cute girl anime, No Nom Biyoti, Strike the Blood girlfriend Cotty, and if you look through the list of their gajillion shows they're all girl girly like fluff light shows it, one way or the other it's got cute girls in it it doesn't it could be about girls you know riding around and on with jetpack shoes shooting machine guns which is what brave witches is but they're still going to be cute girls now if i recall didn't strike what was it strike witches didn't they have like some cool fight scenes in there like hand-to-hand -hand combat was that that show or was it a different one I'm thinking of? I didn't watch Strike Witches. Oh, never mind then. But uh, it's done by the director of Strike Witches, uh, Kazuhiro Takamura, who also directed Vivid Red Operation, which is a show where girls fly around with, like, special suits with machine guns and shit. So he knows how to do one thing well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about something completely different. Um, it was some anime that you were showing me that had just really cool hand-to-hand -hand combat with little girls. Uh, plot September <laughs> September 1944 Allied Force. You're probably talking about Simbo Gear or something. No, don't worry about it. September 1944. Blue Steel. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Keep going with the, <laughs> with the anime about cute little girls fighting with anti-combat. <laughs> um, we'll be uh, here. The lyrical Nanaha, which is getting another show. God help us. Nope, not that one either. Allied forces led by the 501st Hantai Collection. Nope, not that one. <laughs> Cross Ainge? Nope, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm not going to read the plot. I don't care. <laughs> um, I do like how it's there was another a, 1944 anime. Like, why are all a, these anime in the same this era? This is a show that will be... It's a, This is all you need to know. Okay. Cute girls fly and fight with guns. That's it. <laughs> and it's going to be like in every single Japanese claw machine in the entirety of Japan. Because <sighs> there's going to be 7,000 figures of girls holding like chain guns and shit. And uh, nerds across Japan are going to be spending thousands of hundred gen coins trying to win this little 
like figure so they can do their figure bukake and put it on like you know oh, websites oh, oh that's no what it's gonna be. Uh, you know what i think about when i think about figure bukake oh god why <laughs> first off why do you think about that no like if it's said i think about the fact that to be a bukake you have to have multiple oh, penises that's, true. that's a good point so it's a bunch, bunch of guys of that get together and jerk off on figure that's hilarious and disgusting <laughs> what this, i mean at least they're this, making friends <laughs> What are those to just look like, hey, you busy Saturday? You want to wake off on a figure? <laughs> okay. All right. Have group text messages going on? <laughs> well, apparently oh, they do Saturday's everything. Not good for me. <laughs> um, they have like polls between them of what figure they're going to wank off on. Twitter polls. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with us? <laughs> Anime. We've been doing this too long. We're demented. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You never thought about that, though, did you? No. All right, Chiaki, so, go. Okay. So, completely unrelated to everything we were just talking about, my third pick overall was Udon no Kuni no Kinido Kemari. And I'm really excited about this one. I, I read the synopsis and I watched the PV and I'm super excited because it almost looks like a Batakamon, but with a Tanuki. And I'm like, ah. Oh my God. So the, the summary a is- a little girl. Look at that. Actually, it's a boy, but-, but Well, never mind. <laughs> Sota Tawada is a web designer working in Tokyo. When he visits his family's udon place in his hometown in Kanagawa, he discovers a young boy. Upon confronting the boy, Sota soon learns his secret and decides to quit his job in order to take care of the boy, Poco. Wait, what secret? Well, the secret is, and this is from the PV, so I don't think it's a spoiler. I bet you find out, like, in the, in, like, the, the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um but there's a shot in the PV where they're walking along on the beach together. And at first it's just like him and the boy. And then it like, and then the boy goes out to like play in the water or something like that. And then in the next shot, he's like a Tanuki. Like he's. The boy like, turns into a Tanuki. Yeah. So okay. it's like, he's an actual, cause, cause in Japanese lore, Tanuki could take the shape of like different, they were shapeshifters. Right. And um, does he first like <laughs> jump up and hit a block and then he gets a leaf and uh, he turns into the Tanuki? Not that we saw, okay. but I'm not ruling anything out. Um, so the daily adventures of the two slowly unfold as Poco energetically navigates his way through Kawagawa, the Udon kingdom, along with Sota. And it just seems like it's going to be a really touching, fun slice of life. Did and you say if the it's, Udon kingdom, yeah, it's it's in it's in quotes the Udon kingdom. I I think I think the region is known for Udon. Okay. Um, but I think it's just going to be a touching, fun slice of life, and I'm really excited for it. Sweet. All right, so next up on my list of anime would be, uh, let's take a look here. Ah, so this is the, uh, obviously my third choice. This is the fourth pick on my list, uh, and it is a sequel to a show that we, I think we've all watched, um, and that is Hibike Euphonium 2. Apparently very popular. A lot of people looking forward to this anime. Um, for those that haven't watched the first season of a aka watch a girl play a trumpet thing down by the river for 10 episodes bro it's not a trumpet it's a euphonium it's i'll have you know it's a, it's a mini tuba <laughs> hashtag bro it's not a trumpet it's a mini tuba <laughs> it's an instrument no one on earth plays except for this young lady except japanese people they have like uh in japan japanese schools they have instruments that you have never seen before in your life they have the they have this like keyboard thing that has a plastic pipe coming out I've of seen it that, yeah. that they breathe into. Yeah. Who the fuck uses that? Nobody, exactly. Japanese people. I've seen it before. 
Yeah. Dude, I you remember, like, do you remember in elementary school when you would take the two sticks and just hit them together? Yeah. Like the, the wood, triangle. Like the wood blocks. Yeah, yeah. There's like two little sticks and you just click, click, click. People use wood block in like symphony and shit. It's called percussion. But no, ain't well, no, okay. ain't ain't nobody playing a mini tuba. It's a man <laughs> up and just get the damn tuba. It's out. a euphonium, and I'm sure there are people that play it. It's like a no, they don't. Kind of weirdos play a euphonium. Though, no one honest. plays that. <laughs> nobody. Somebody does. Nope. If you play a euphonium, hit us up at eight. <laughs> no one does. Go ahead. So, so I mean, yeah. So basically, it's a sequel. It's basically a show about a bunch of girls in a school music um class slash club thing and i mean there's not really much more to it than that um the studio is let's see lance oh this is the first season i'm looking at the studio for the second season animation blah blah blah. oh kyoto animation so there we go at least we know it'll look pretty um the first season looked pretty as well it was honestly in my opinion the first season was kind of just like an okay you know um just on on what, what's a good term for like just an average just an average anime um but it at least looked good and had good music so we'll see how the second season does um i did like most of the characters there are a few that i didn't really enjoy but whatever we'll, we'll see what happens it's gonna be gorgeous just like the first one sure yeah all right so kimiko's number eighth I'm pick actually terrified number eighth pick i can't say number eight number eight number eight um the ocho with <laughs> pick <laughs> Uh, was Token Danbu Hanamaru. The synopsis is, the year is 2205. The, quote, historical revisionists have begun attacks on the past in their plot to change history. The Saniwa, who have been charged with protecting history, can imbue life into objects. Strongest among these are the Token Danshi. The story centers around their cheerful lives. I watched so, this PV and nearly ended my life. Yeah. I was going to say, this one was one that I read the synopsis and I looked at the picture and I was like, oh, this could be interesting. And then I watched the PV and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that would be one of the main character's voices. <laughs> oh, 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 you want to hear it again? Yes, please. I feel like this episode should come with a warning just for playing that warning. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it has like Shinsengumi people in the in the PV, and then it's like obviously a slapstick comedy because like the title of the anime slides on the screen and bumps into the main character who's posing. Oh jeez! And then like boys are <laughs> slapping each other on the back, and it's all boys. And then and then this. Where's that drop? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell talks like that? They're not. I want to kill him. I, Clearly, I do. I'm so confused. Anyway, it's just annoying. All right. I'm hating. I'm a hater. All right, Mitsuki, you're up next. Because the Mitsuki's going to hate him. All right. So, my next anime is called All Out. It's a rugby anime. It's done by Madhouse. And that's all you need to know to know that it will make no money. <laughs> Am I wrong? Cool. Am I wrong? Thanks, bro. Am I wrong? I mean, it all could. Right, ask me a question. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. No. Does no where on like the listing of of popular sports do you think rugby is in Japan? In Japan, actually, yeah. it's pretty high. Actually, no, it's not. Do you know this? Yeah. Are you just acting like you know this? It's probably in Japan. It's probably soccer, baseball, mm. basketball, Bas tennis, badminton, table Get, tennis. What? Are, no. Yeah. Oh Get yeah. Out of here. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then maybe rugby. I'm. And then. Uh, 
And I can, and even if rugby had a tiny drop of popularity, as Chucky looks it up, <laughs> anime fans they don't care about rugby because rugby is an exciting sport. Because this rugby anime doesn't have Fujoshi crap in it. It's just about rugby. Hmm. So like, there's a reason why people like Haikyuu, and it's because the boys, it's Fujoshi bait, right? Sure, I guess that this show is not that. So and then it's Madhouse, so nobody will watch it. I've watched a game of rugby before. And I have watched a game of football before, American mm-hmm. football. And I will yeah. say rugby is like American football, just more exciting. Okay. Because there's more action going on. So I could see it be a, being a very interesting or at least a, a fun, action-packed type anime. I can't find the data, and I give up. So I'm just going to say Mitsugi's right. You should even, if, him. even if there's a population in Japan that, that, that likes rugby, it's not anime watchers. I'm just imagining, though, an anime rugby game. Like, they're, like, flipping over each other and stuff and... Doing all kinds of crazy moves. I don't know. I think it'd be. I Shield 21 was not very good. So that was a football anime. Right. Done by Kenichi Shimizu, directed Parasite. Um, I watched the trailer and it basically, dudes playing rugby, kakate koi, as they charge down the field. So um, I don't know what that means. It means attack, charge, oh, okay. basically. Um, I. Uh, the, the plot of the anime is like a boy joins a school, and then he joins the rugby club and meets the captain, who's this guy that looks out for his teammates. And on a rugby team, there's no, like, ace, so it's all about teamwork, and they're going to play rugby. Sweet. But nobody will watch it. Well, you will. Nobody will watch this because no one in America cares about rugby because no one in America watches rugby, so that population's out. Then the Fujoshis are out because it's not a Fujoshi anime. So... I don't know who's this is. This is going to be like one of the least watched animes of the season, except but by me, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. All right. The hating continues. So my next one was my number two pick overall, and it's Fune Wo Amu. And I picked this one for a number of reasons. It was almost my first pick, and I'm really, really excited for this one. And I will read the synopsis first, and then I'll say the other reasons why I'm really excited for it. The publication of a new dictionary titled The Great Passage Progresses. Mitsuya Majime, originally from publisher Genbu Shobo's sales department, has been recruited by Kohei Araki, a veteran editor of the dictionary department, who is looking to retire soon. The dictionary department is known internally as the, quote, money-eating insect, but Mitsuya uses his perseverance and attachment to the words in order to become a great editor. Mitsuya, who has poor social skills, finds himself working with another man named Masahi Nishioka, who is able to express himself better. One, it has to deal with publishing, which kind of makes me gig out personally. But two, it's actually based off of a best-selling novel um, of with the same title, The Great Passage or Fune Wo Amu. And it has also had a film based off of this novel in 2013 that won the Japan Academy Prize for Picture of the Year. Oh, wow. So I... I'm guessing that there's a really good story here um, because even even I won't knock the, you know, director, the, the directorial direction of the live action film that had came out that won the Academy Prize for Picture of the Year. You know, it, I feel like it goes back, back to a really good story. So hopefully if the animation director kind of follows suit, then it will be another, you know, really good tale. And I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about this one. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. So, okay. Um, so he works in the dictionary department. Like, does he actually write dictionaries? 
Well, it sounds like he's an editor, so I'm guessing that he like manages what words and definitions and whatnot get included in the updated editions of the dictionary, but I don't know for sure. That's interesting. My, uh, my grandfather didn't graduate high school, um, but he ended up like, I mean, this is, we're talking about like way, way, way back in like the fifties or something. He would end up, he would go to the library every day and just read the dictionary. Huh? Yeah. And that's how he got like, you know, his education. And then he went to the military and all that stuff. So that's awesome. Interesting. Um, okay. So my next show would be, uh, my number two show, which was third on my list. Um, and that is a show called Drifters. Now Drifters, uh, is being made by a studio. It's called, uh, Hoods Drifters Studio. So it's, what? yeah, it's specifically, it's specifically there for this anime. This is all they've worked on is this anime. Uh, it is based off of a manga. The manga um, is has been running for, since 2009, and it is written by uh, Koto Hirano, who is also well known for being uh, being the writer of the manga Helsing. So, oh, okay, so, so violent. So yeah, so it's got some legit credit behind it as far as like the the writer of the original manga, um, and the show has got a lot of hype going for it as well. Just you know, for the season, I saw the the PV the trailer, and it looks pretty awesome. Um, I'll read you the synopsis real quick here. This is off of uh, my anime list, source Wikipedia. Um, it says, Shimazu uh, Toyohisa, whilst involved at the Battle of Sekigahara, manages to mortally wound uh, I Naomasa, but is critically wounded in the process. As he walks from the field, broken and bleeding, Toyohisa finds himself transported to a corridor of doors where a bespectacled, Bespectacled man. Why don't they just say a man with glasses? Glasses. Um, Is that a word? Bespectacled. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a word that people use when they want to sound smart. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> burn. I hate. I hate. I hate. Like when people do that or like purple prose. It's the worst. Just say a man wearing like, glasses. Just say what you mean. Why are you trying to get all flowery? Wasting my time. Yeah, that's the hater. That's what I like to hear. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> Love I just don't. I, I hate it because it's like just get to the point. You're like, anyways. Um, okay, so a guy with glasses is sitting at a desk waiting for him. The man, uh, Murasaki, t- uh, sends Toyohisa into the nearest door, where he wakes up in another world. There, Toyohisa meets uh, meets other great warriors like him, who have been transported as well to be part of a group known as Drifters. So that's pretty much all you get from the synopsis there. Um, it, the animation looks cool. If you watch the trailer, it's, as I said, it's got a decent credit with the creator, the writer of the manga. Um, and it looks to be super action-packed, crazy, over-the-top violence. So I'm all for it. You know what this one actually kind of reminded me of because I watched the PV and, and looked into it? This this was actually my fifth pick overall. So I had it pretty high. It almost reminded me of a fate kind of atmosphere where it's like, here's a bunch of iconic warrior type people brought into a land where they're just gonna fight each other yeah pretty much um the only thing that made me worried was that oduno banaga is in it and we all know oh it's in drift he's in drifters yeah he's in drifters. oh it's the death knell we are we all know it's the death knell the curse of nobunaga yeah i just i just want to say ichigo fields in the chat says i'm be spectacled as fuck <laughs> <laughs> i am not all right so what's this next anime that kimiko's got i'm so excited I really wanted someone to watch this anime because this is the most magnificent piece of crap ever to no, be produced. Are you kidding? Everybody will watch this. Why? No, one of us. So high on our list? It's Way more six. people will watch this than will watch All Out. It is number six overall. 
And please allow me to read the synopsis for you. Are you sure you don't want me to just do a live play-by-play -play of the PB? Um, no, I, I, I think it's important to have the background. Okay. Uh, and okay. then we can do that. All right. yeah. Kaminashi Nozomi is an exceptional gymnast. So much so that colleges with some of the best gymnastic programs are trying to recruit her. Unfortunately for them, she has other plans. Due to her family being extremely poor, money is everything to her. That's why she wants to step into the world of prostitution of Keijo. What does that mean? Keijo is a type of gambling sport where girls stand on a small floating platform and compete against one another. The aim is to push the other contestant off the platform into the water, but they are only allowed to use their butt or breasts oh, to push the others off. Oh my god. Fuck! <laughs> I love anime so much. I get so fucking pumped when I watch anime. Oh my god. Will Nozomi be able to compete in the intense world of Keijo and bring wealth and fortune to her family? This is amazing. I watched the PV and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and yes, basically like that. That was that was me. All right, so I'm going to watch the PV here. Ready? Yes. Right, we need to live this. All right, so um, Pixel Planet. Interesting. I just gave them a plug on, on uh, YouTube. Girl falls into the water, ominous. She's looking up at the sunlight through the water. Mm. She's clearly drowning. What does it mean? <laughs> I don't care. Oh, now we're watching her sink and she's dying. Studio Zebek. Shameless. Okay, uh, apparently people are gambling. Anna girl's vagina lips, and now a group of girls are on a platform. Oh my god! Their asses together. Awesome. Mass titties everywhere. Are they actually right? The kanji for boobs and then write boobs in English under it. This is incredible. There are so many asses and boobs in this trailer that I can't even talk fast enough. They're attacking each other with their boobs and their butts. Yeah. There's like a whole platform of tits and hold on, hold on. Go back just a, a couple seconds. Okay. I need to see what that said. Uh, no, a little bit further. Well, hold on. A little further coming? Yeah. There. Blockbuster. Is what it no, I didn't. I don't think it said block. Okay, did Blockbuster. I, I, I thought it said block butt butter. But they put bust in all caps because they're yeah, obviously bust. referring to titties. Yeah. And then there's one dude on the platform. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, there's Probably there's not there's a dude. dude. That's gotta be a girl. Oh, it looks like a dude. Yeah, she's wearing a, a, a one-piece bathing suit. It's a girl. It's just a manly looking girl. Um so yeah, what, this what is, is what, this is gonna be the most magnificent yeah, anime. I mean, I'm, this so, is the show of the season, obviously. This is what Japan wants. Yeah, yeah. Coming out in October. Well, I mean, you know, we, we were complaining that there wasn't enough original anime, and this is pretty original. Yeah, no, it's it's for sure different. All right, my next anime... Uh, I think it was... Was it my turn? Oh, no. Oh, that was you know, You're right, you're right, my bad. So, all I know is that will be watched by a lot of people. Including us. Uh, yes. My number one anime is Ajin 2. No shocker there. Hey. It looks like the sequel to Ajin. And it already has a. <laughs> it looks it already, like the sequel. <laughs> it already has a an eight point five on my anime list. And it hasn't even come out yet. And it hasn't even come out yet. Greatest of all time. Oh God. <laughs> well, did, it, did it save anime? Can we stop this podcast? Is anime saved? Is it good forever? I mean, mission accomplished. Anime has been saved. It, it's no Gintama though. Cosmo, you you are the prophet. Sure. But someone out there, <laughs> some, somebody yeah, out there, clearly. someone out there is profiting mm -hmm. 
without consulting Profit, you. Profiting? Yeah, yeah, because they're... That's not they, the word you're looking they for. They already know that it's going to be an 8.5. Prophesizing is the word you're looking for. I don't for. give a shit. Profiting is when <laughs> you make money on something. Says the guy who hates purple prose and all that, you know, vocabulary they and are, shit. They are <laughs> bit prophesizing. How do you feel about that? Thank you. All right. I'm done. It's Ajin 2. What do I also have to say about it? Cool. All right. My number one pick narrowly, narrowly beat, beat out Fune no Wamu. And that was because the second I watched the trailer, I literally was squealing. Oh, <laughs> it's called Yuri on Ice. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, goddammit. The show's story revolves around Yuri Katsuki, who carried all of Japan's hopes and dreams on his shoulders to win at the Grand Prix finale ice skating competition, but suffered a crushing defeat. He returns home to Kyushu and half feels like he wants to retire and half feels like he wants to continue ice skating. With those mixed feelings swirling inside him, he confides in himself. He confines himself to his parents' house. Suddenly, the five-time consecutive world championship ice skater, Victor Mikfrov, can't pronounce <laughs> that name, appears before him. And along with him is Yuri Plitsky, oh my God. a young Russian figure skater who is already defeating his seniors. Victor and both Yuri's take up the challenge on an unprecedented Grand Prix series. Guys, it is a sports anime That's about cool. male figure skating. It's, it's not what I, it's not what and, I thought it was. And the animation on it, on the like ice skating sequences, looks really good. Rock so on. I like had shades back to Death Parade and how we were talking about how mm-hmm. has there ever been what? He has a headache. I have a headache. Oh, Why? I'm sorry. I just developed it. Oh. Oh, just... I'm sorry, Mitsuki. Okay. Um, you go. You gonna be okay? See, I was. I was just thinking about how I'll be taking the week off when we review this one. <laughs> <laughs> this... You don't know. It could be good. I do. I'm, you know, I, I, I could was, not be less interested. I was a little worried that it was actually Yuri on ice. No, it sounds more like Yowie on ice. <laughs> hey, I yep. am I am really excited because we've never had an ice skating. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a yeah. It, it could be Yowie, and the guy's name is Yuri. Oh my god! Oh, me what? It's funny. Uh, yeah. One of these days. <laughs> One of these days. Alice. <laughs> right yeah. to the moon. Pow! Right in the kissa. Because you know domestic violence is hilarious. <laughs> it wasn't the, You're 50s. the one that made the joke. Um. Okay, so is that all you have to say about Yuri on Ice? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited for it. Okay. I want someone to take off their ice skate and stab somebody else with it. <laughs> Why? What is wrong with you? <laughs> that would be awesome. So we can have. Was, so, who, was, so, who was the one lady? In how the- did How did we get an ice skating anime like a figure skating? How did we get a figure skating anime before our hockey anime? Um, do you really have to ask that question? I think that's obvious. What? I'm asking. Because of cute boys. What is the reason? Yeah, cute boys. Cute boys got it. Well, yeah. they can have cute boy hockey players too. No, they have too, too much too many clothes on. Yeah, and then also you can't have A type pants and B, what if they have to do doubles? Oh god, no. That is why I am not gonna <laughs> oh, watch this that. It sounds terrible. <laughs> it yes. sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> anyways, go. well, kill God. All right, so that's Jackie's number one pick. My number one pick is a little different. It's an anime called Occult Nine, and uh, Occult Nine, I believe, is uh, from the creators of Steins Gate. If I'm not, mistaken. I think so. I, that that whole semicolon thing. Goat, goat. Yeah, greatest of all time, right next to Gintama. Um. So. <laughs> 
we we are awful people and i love it yeah we're shutting it down so (laughs) so occult nine uh made by a1 pictures who has worked on i mean sword art the fairy tale just a bunch of stuff you know a1 pictures um it's based off a manga as is everything else ever created uh i'll read you the synopsis here real quick it says here the paranormal paranormal science story follows nine idiosyncratic individuals linked by the Chojo Kakagu Kirikiri Basara occult summary blog run by 17-year-old second-year high school student Yuta Gamon. I Uh, thought you were going to say nine idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Nine idiosyncratic. (laughs) Nine idiots. Uh, Little incongruities that occur around these nine eventually lead to a larger unimaginable event that may alter what is considered common sense in the world. So it's basically Steins Gate, except with paranormal stuff instead of science fiction stuff. Basically, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's a bunch of like- I'm just a dude playing a dude. It's <laughs> like another dude. <laughs> I think Mitsugi has lost his mind. No, he's quoting movies. I know he is, but I also think he's lost his mind. I'm a, I'm he must have lost- Playing a dude disguised as another dude. Oh my God. <laughs> anyways so yeah i mean it looks cool um hopefully it's not as i mean one of my major problems that i had with science gate was that it took so long to get anywhere like the first half of the anime was just nothing like this just boring it, it, um, i feel so I'm like hoping this picks up quicker is this a visual novel i feel like that's the case with a lot of anime yeah, based a, on visual novels mm-hmm. which makes sense visual novels in my experience are kind of slow yeah so, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. It, it, it could be good. It looks um, interesting enough, and it's, you know, very highly um, rated, uh, you know, even before it came out. So, you know, we'll see how it does. Okay. And then... We're running out of shows here. Kimiko's number one pick, to no surprise of anyone, is Haikyuu Season what? 3. No. That thing that she's thinking about getting added to her sleeve in progress tattoos is you know i'm not even gonna read a description it's the third season of haiku it's continuing the story a bunch of pretty dudes play basketball i know i know you mean you mean volleyball volleyball whatever same difference i was gonna play us out but shouldn't we try to predict what what the best anime of the season will be i mean what do you guys think i think it's obvious is it Kajo? Clearly, Kajo, all day, son. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Are you guys um, being serious? No. All right, one, all right, Chucky. What is your number one of the season? It's tough because a lot of these are kind of. I, really stands out to me. I think it's a toss-up for me between Fune wo Amu and Sangatsu no Lion. Um, I'm gonna go with Fune no wo Amu for me because I think it's gonna be a more mature anime because it's like about adults and whatnot and and it has kind of that background that really interests me that's a tough one i i'm leaning towards drifters um i just don't know how deep of a story it's going to be but i think that's going to have some awesome fight scenes so i think that's going to be probably one of the funner shows to watch funner yeah funner it's a word i created it <laughs> it's the funnest uh, it's the bu- funnest is a word it's funner. Bu-funner. Is what? Mitsugi yeah. just broke himself. <laughs> so, is fun I a think word? I guess not. Funner's not a word. No, More it's fun. not. So I, I'm going to say Ajin 2. Uh, it should be a word. I think Ajin 2 will probably be the most. I, if I had to gun to my head, I would say it's Ajin 2 just because I know what I'm going to get from that show. And the first one was pretty good. Yeah. I think most of my other shows look kind of terrible. 
But um, I mean, Tiger Mask may not be animated. Blood of <laughs> Blood of Wars oh, may God. be barely animated. Brave Witches is going to be about girls in tight panties. All Out is going to be about dudes piling on top of each other playing rugby. And I'm left with Odd Gene, too. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Kimiko, what's your number one? Uh, clearly, Keijo. No, Kimiko definitely is a Haikyuu. Yeah, for sure. I, I do want to watch Haikyuu. I've heard it's... I've heard nothing but good things about it. What do you guys think? Either let us know on Twitter at AAA Podcast or Facebook on one of our groups or pages. Or if you're watching live, let us know in the chat who you think got the best selections. Yeah. I want to know who you guys think had the best and the worst picks. And with that, we are going to take a short anime news break. And when we come back, we are going to have our studio spotlight on Toei Animation. This is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, for those of you who are hardcore Sailor Moon fans out there, the franchise is celebrating its 20th anniversary. And if you want a great overview of everything the franchise has ever had to offer, then you should check out this 20th anniversary guidebook. It'll be available on October 20th for 2,480 yen, or just shy of 25 US dollars. Advanced copies will be available at the Bishoujo Senshi Sailor Moon Armor Eternal stage show on October 15th, and members of the official Sailor Moon fan club can pre-order the book on October 3rd and receive an exclusive prize with it. The book will include information on the recent exhibit in Roppongi Hills, an overview of Sailor Moon-related merchandise, and interviews with people behind the original anime and stage musicals. In addition, Mega House is releasing a figure of Sailor Moon as part of its new Sweeties line of characters and cute and lovely poses. Usagi is perched upon a parfait glass enjoying a spoonful of cream in this figure, and it is true to its name in being adorable. And speaking of that aforementioned Sailor Moon fan club, the fan club has recently announced that it will be expanding overseas. It's called Pretty Guardians 2016-2017 and was founded in July. While it does cap its membership, it is having a membership drive in Japan alongside the expansion. Members gain access to club information both online and in print. The twice-monthly radio show of Kotono Mitsushi, Sailor Moon's voice actress, a secret premium Bandai site for the Sailor Moon fan club, exclusive goods like artwork, special contents on the official Sailor Moon app, and a raffle at performances of the Sailor Moon musical. There is an entry fee and it's 5,500 yen or just shy of 55 US dollars. While the exact benefits of membership in the overseas branches of the club hasn't been announced, it will, quote, as far as possible, deliver the same service as the Japanese fan club. There's a list online of over 35 countries that it will be expanding to, including America, Denmark, France, Germany, India, Indonesia, the Philippines, the Netherlands, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Australia, and a bunch of other countries that a lot of you probably live in. 
registration opened online as of September 23rd. And for those of you who are in the club of Orange is Slowly Destroying My Life, you might be interested to find out that this year's November issue of Futabasha's monthly action magazine have announced that manga artist Ichigo Takano is drawing a two-part spin-off of the Orange manga. The spin-off will be titled Orange Sua Hiroto and will focus on uh, Sua's life after that certain event happened. Not giving any spoilers. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. You've probably heard us talking about JList.com by now. We've used the site for trivia prizes for years, and it's one of the leaders on the internet for all the best stuff from Japan. JList.com has everything from books to magazines to games to toys, snacks, and a bunch of other anime stuff. They're always changing their inventory depending on what's hot right now in the anime community. That means you don't want to miss out on what they have right now, and you'll want to know what's coming up next. If you like RSS feeds as much as we do, then you can make it really easy to keep up with JList.com. Use the feed www.JList.com forward slash RSS in your favorite feed tracker like Feedly to keep an eye on all their great products from Japan. If you're not of legal age in your home country, or if you're not interested in the more adult products JList has to offer, don't worry. Just change JList to JBox, their non-adult mirror site. JBox.com forward slash RSS has all the same great stuff as JList.com, minus the adults-only material. Support this podcast by supporting JList.com for all your anime good needs. We can guarantee you'll find something just for you on JList or JBox.com. The Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast presents Bedtime Stories with Chiaki. So I get to my school where I'm teaching and I decided to wear a skirt. So I'm walking to my school and my school has this deck thing that we go up to get into the school. And I'm walking and I trip and I fall face first, ass in the air, and my skirt goes up to my shoulders, and my ass is facing the parking lot, and there's a car there with a parent in it, and my ass is just hanging out. It was a, a real-life moe moment. Someone might need to pay a visit to the church of Mitsugi. I can God. just say that I've, I've actually fell and given a panty shot. And now, back to the hosts. Oh man, every, every time I hear that story, I'm just like, oh yeah, I recorded that for all of the world to, to know was oh, a thing. I, you know, my, uh, on my Twitter, my, you know, you put your little description. Yeah. Mine says, I say ridiculous and embarrassing things on a podcast for nerds. <laughs> and I, I feel like that's a, another ridiculous and embarrassing thing that you've said. So yeah. I, I feel like I'm in good company. Oh yeah, no, for sure. We, we all embarrass ourselves on this show. Um, so I want to bring it back real quick. Bring it back. JList.com, bring it back their uh, their snack subscription. Oh my. Except this time it's not a subscription. What? That's right. If you go to JList.com forward slash box, you can get a box full of Japanese snacks for $20. It looks like they've got like melon bread in there and everything. Shinchan bread, like, like snack treats. Then you can get like the badass snack box, which looks like it has a lot of stuff in it. 
for uh, for a little more. And now this month, for the month of October, if you go to jlist.com forward slash box, you can get a box of Halloween Japanese swag. Oh, my. So you can see uh, how exactly does Japan celebrate Halloween. And I see a whole bunch of like, here's a here's a pumpkin like piece of uh, like a like a stuffed pumpkin that whose face looks like Pikachu. Here's what I recommend. Get blackout drunk. Then order one of these off of jlist.com. Then when you get it, you won't remember ordering it. And you'll be like, it's, it's a surprise. It's a present that you bought yourself. What's in the box? What's, What's in, in the, the box? box? That's, the That's what you're going to say every time you get it from jlist because oh, you don't know what's in there. So yeah, jlist.com forward slash box. You can, uh, you can experience all the amazing treats from Japan. I actually, I actually almost want to order one of these just because I really, really want that melon pond. Like I just, I really want it. I, I see. It. I see the uh, the the Fitz um, chewing gum that has the slimes. That's of the slimes from a uh, Dragon Quest slime flavored gum. Come on, sweet, rock on! All right, all right. So now we are on our second topic of the day, ah, which is toy animation. But before we get to that, oh, just kidding. <laughs> Do we want to recap our picks? Yes, thank you for reminding us, Kazuo. Fall 2016 anime. You're season. the man. I do my best. I am, in fact, a man. You are. You are a man. I can verify this. I cannot. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you say you are, then then I just have to believe that me. is that is the verification I need. All right. So let's just read from bottom to top, real quick, each of the anime we all got. Tiger. Okay. I have Tiger Mask W, Blood of Wars, Brave Witches, All Out, and Ajin Two. And I have Luger Code nineteen fifty one, Sangatsu no Lion. Udon no Kuni no Kinido Kemari, Fune wo Amu, and Yuri on Ice. And I've got Nanbaka, Trickster, Hibike Euphonium 2, Drifters, and Occult 9. And Kimiko has Watasha ga Motete Dosunda, Shumatsu no Izeta, Toze. Uh, Token Rambu Hanamaru, Keijo, and Haikyuu Season 3. Awesome. So, yeah. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, Toei Animation. Sean, Sean. <laughs> Toei Animation, to me, it feels like an anime studio that's like living in the past. I would, you know, I was going to say it's a very nostalgic anime studio, but I suppose you could put it that way as well. Because I was running, I was running through the list of stuff that they do. And there's really not much from like the last 15 years. Really, I mean, honestly, this anime studio was whooping some serious ass in the 90s. Hell yeah. And unless you count like One Piece, which will run for the next 100 years, they haven't done much recently. I think I think the original creator of One Piece only like recently said they were like halfway done or three-fourths oh the way done with One Piece. Oh, God. So... And it's like 700 episodes in or something. Insane. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to go forever. So uh, Toy Animation was founded in 1948 uh, as Japan Animated Films. Um, it was bought by Toei in 1956. And because it's one of the oldest and largest studios out there, it's had a lot of really notable people working for it. Yeah, they had Miyazaki at one point. Takahata, of way, course, at the same time. This is like way back in the day. Yeah. Um. Kotabe, who worked on Sally the Witch, which no, probably no one here has, has watched or people haven't even heard of it, but it was like a founding title of the magical girl genre. 
super like black, like black and white even. Mm -hmm. And then um, Eiji Matsumoto, people have heard of him probably because he worked on a lot of stuff, including Galaxy Galaxy Express nine nine nine. Some of the uh, some of like the some of the founding like whatever you call it the Keystone anime of anime titles. So is Toei like I mean I would say it's probably one of the oldest anime studios out there, right? I mean, what what studios do you do you know of that predate it? If any. Well, I know that uh, Mushi Productions is very old. The uh, that that studio is probably pre-Toei because uh, this didn't become Toei until 15 until 1956, which is I mean really old, but Right. But I do think that like Tezuka's studio probably predates that. Without without looking it up. I, I would definitely say though to your to to the essence of your point, Kazuo, it is one of the originals, if if not arguably kind of the original for anime as we know it. Definitely definitely in like the top five oldest, especially the oldest that are still even remotely relevant or producing anything. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know we're gonna get into what what Toei is actually still producing and and if they're a real player or not in the market, but they're still around enough that we can say Toei Animation, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I know Toei." It looks like it looks like Tezuka founded Mushi Productions after his contract with Toei expired. Ah, so it's even older than Mushi Productions. Holy cow, that's a pretty old studio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've they've been really influential in founding some of anime's most beloved genres, including Mecha and Magical Girls. So Magical Girl Sally, a.k.a. Mahold Sky Sally, is something I haven't watched, but I know it's a founding title of the Magical Girl genre that without it, you may not have Magical Girl the way that you think of it today. So that's incredibly important. I remember that um, we had that interview with that guy from Japan who was trying to bring old anime titles to like DVD. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anime, what was it? Souls? S-O-L-S? Soul. That was one of the titles they were trying to do. And I don't know if that's even around anymore. Hmm. But um, that was one of the titles. Then like Mazinger Z, a lot of people have heard of because it set the standard for the super robot genre. How interesting that like these genres originated, I mean, in the 50s and 60s. And to this very day, every season, you're having shows in this genre, in, in these genres, Magical Girl, um, you know, Super Robot. You know, all these different types of types of shows are still going strong today. I mean, that's how core they are to like the anime industry, and that's why, that's why I think you know, sometimes, sometimes it's exhausting as an anime fan to hear people's reaction when you're like, oh, you you like anime, and yeah, the you know, oh, it's it's that animated porn stuff, right? And that may be one of the most common things, but. I mean, there's also the the robots and the magical girls, and there's a reason why those come up in people's consciousness, and that's because they are so uh, they've they've been around for so long, and and Toei was kind of at the forefront of that. I I, I do kind of want to maybe go through the anime by decades. Sure. Um, you know, before we do that, I, yeah. I just want to mention real quick. I think maybe, and this is an idea for a topic of a later show, is maybe we can talk about the different genres of anime and their origins and you know, over time. So yeah. Just put them in the back of the mind. Maybe, maybe kind of how we have like a studio spotlight September. We can have like a genre an, spotlight. A genre spotlight. There's no month with a G, but yeah, yeah. I, I genre don't... spotlight January. You kind of get the subgenre September. Subgenre like September. We're gonna go through some of their most well-known anime by decade because there's because this goes back so far that like you have to break it into decades yeah but 
this is one of those studios that comes up when they start discussing. I know it's like, oh, here comes the argument. But when you start to talk about Japanese studios trying to save money by outsourcing their labor. I was trying to do the decades before. Oh, you want to do that first? I, I was trying I was trying to continue giving an overview of the studio because I think that the outsourcing of labor is going to suck okay. up the rest of the conversation time. It'll be an argument. Yeah. So. Um. It's kind of ridiculous how heavily weighted it is towards the older decades. But if you go back to the 60s, some of the anime that people will recognize from the 60s are things like Gegege no Kitaro. Which arguably is one of the original horror anime out there. Really? And I, um, I'm not familiar with that one. Gegege no Kitaro was created by... Um, oh, and I'm forgetting his name and I feel terrible. Um, Mizuki? Is that... I'm um, looking. I'm looking for the name of the original. Masaki Tsuji. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got here the manga created in 1960 by Shigeru Mizuki. She, yeah, she's she. Uh, yeah, Shigeru. Um, the, and the original TV series directed by Isao Takahata, by the way. Yeah. So I mean, Gekage no Kitaro, it uh, Mizuki Shigeru was creating anime around the same time as Osamu Tezuka and where Osamu Tezuka's anime was kind of very hopeful post-war you know he was he was young when World War II happened and he grew up in kind of the post-war economic boom and he kind of had this really sort of hopeful look outlook on the world and a lot of his anime reflected that um Mizuki Shigeru actually first of all he was a badass because <laughs> um he fought in World War II he he was a Kamishiba um Kamishiba uh uh draw artist. Why couldn't I think of that word? He was a Kamishiba artist beforehand. So he drew like still pictures that storytellers used in the war, fought, lost his dominant hand, and relearned how to draw with his non-dominant hand. With his toes. And, and then made all of his, you know manga that we know of today that gone that went on um to be really famous he actually drew with his non-dominant hand and gegege no kitaro is one of the first kind of horror anime one of the first anime that dealt with yokai and spirits and yeah. darker it got, themes it almost like just looking at some of the artwork and everything it's 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 almost got like a tim burton type vibe to it as far as like um some it, some of the more twisted you know, spooky elements of his art. And I would say that. And I and I would also say, you know, anyone anyone who watches it today wouldn't watch it and think, oh, that's scary. Right. Um, but it was one of the we have all these anime now that are kind of darker and deal with subjects surrounding yokai and ghosts. And a lot of those go back to Gegege no Kitaro, which to our earlier point of these of these genres that Toei had a hand in shaping, you know, goes back to Toei because Toei was involved with it. Other anime from the 1960s, Cyborg 009, which I think most people have heard of, um, along with Magical Girl Sally, which Mitsugi already mentioned. Yeah, then the 70s is full of stuff people know too. Devil Man. Yeah. I, I already talked about Mazinger Z, Getter Robo, Captain Harlock, Candy Candy. These are big titles from the 70s. Captain that, Harlock, um, especially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, most people know Captain Harlock, most people know Devil Man. So, big fans of Mecha no Mazinger Z. I mean, these are like super old school. But I mean, it, that's just the nature of the studio. You know, you're talking about a studio that like was prevalent back then. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're going to find is that when we get to the 2000s, you're going to think like, what happened? Yeah. 
you know? In the 1980s, they had a little-known anime called Dragon Ball. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Something, I don't know, it came around. And uh, Dr. Slump. Yeah, Dr. Slump and Dragon Ball, both done by Akira Toriyama. Dr. Slump coming, coming before Akira Toriyama. Most people are a lot, don't know Dr. Slump because it just doesn't, the name isn't out there. But this was a manga that sold almost as well as the Dragon Ball manga. Yeah. I think it's ranked top 10 all time in, and in aren't manga some sales. Of the, aren't some of the characters from, Doc, uh, from Dr. Slump in Dragon Ball? I know the art style is at least similar. Right. You know what I think is, is really interesting to, to harken back to how influential Toei is? Is that you look, I'm, I'm looking at this list of anime and there is a huge mix of anime that is incredibly popular with foreign audiences. But there is also a huge list of anime incredibly popular with Japanese audiences. So, like, a lot of Toei's, you know, hits were hits globally. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't some of these studios that have, you know, KyoAni, for example. KyoAni is huge, or A1 Pictures. Those are well-known in Japan and the Japanese anime communities. But outside of that, you might have hit or miss on anime fans if, if they'll recognize a KyoAni show, where I would say, I would argue that a lot of anime fans, even still today, if you went through this list, would find a couple of these shows that they'd be like, oh yeah, of course. Well, specifically, I mean, the shows that came out in the 90s from yeah. the studio is like, it, literally everyone that, ha that had a television growing up knows about these shows. Well, why don't you list them? Um, so yeah, so some of the shows from the 90s that we have here are Digimon, uh, Never heard of it. Yeah, right. Sailor Moon, uh, One Piece, which is still running to this day, and Dragon Ball Z. I mean, uh, even people that aren't into anime, if they had a television in the 90s, know about these shows. That's how um, how great the penetration on the market was with them. So that was, I would say, definitely the big, the peak of their, the, the height of their powers was in the 90s. Dragon Ball Z actually, like, coming out in 1989, but... Most of its run being in two thousand in the two thousands, just for people that might you know poke that piece of info. You in mean there. the nineties? Yeah, it came out in nineteen eighty nine, so it technically belongs in the eighties. But most of the show aired in the nineties. Yeah, you said the two thousands. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about the two thousands because <laughs> if you look forward on the list, there's like a bunch of stuff that, like, in the two thousands, Precure is pretty much it. But yeah. I mean, like you said, there's a ton of iconic stuff from the 90s. I think Toei Animation must have been like the studio back when we were kids. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, what's interesting is like all of these shows to this day are still continuing on in one form or another. I mean, Digimon just had the uh, Digimon Adventure Tri uh, little mini series movies come out. Um, Sailor Moon is still running now with Sailor Moon Crystal. One Piece has never stopped running, which is completely insane. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z, we have the, you know, Dragon Ball Super series run for better, running out super, for better, for worse. Super pooper. I mean, the only thing they really added was in the 2010s, and that was Toddy Call. And, and that was another huge shonen hit. And, and I feel like, I feel like in some ways, I feel like in some ways, Toei Animation is kind of living the dream for a company in that they, they created... Or not created, but they they facilitated the creation of they produced a lot of these really high value intellectual properties mm -hmm. that are just gonna keep printing money with no sign of stopping oh, well, anytime I mean, soon. I mean, they've made billions off of just Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I can't imagine how much they've made off of One Piece because, like, we know Dragon Ball 
you know, so well. And that to me, that's such a huge anime in my history. But One Piece wasn't a show I necessarily watched. But to consider that One Piece, One Piece has not stopped running since it originally started airing, and Dragon Ball kind of fell off the map for a few years. So it's like I can't imagine how much money they're making off of One Piece. It's got to be insane. It's definitely a lot. I, you can find. I'm sure that info is available somewhere. But um, then if you look at the 2000s, so like what I wrote here was that it seems like they didn't do much after this point. Now, excluding the fact that like Dragon Ball Super and One Piece are still you know, running. Mm-hmm. If you look at the 2000s, there's like a bunch of crap no one has heard of. Like here, legendary gambler Tetsuya. Oh, bro, what you don't that? know about that? My favorite. Great, great show. Great show. Um, let's yeah. see here. I guess some of these are, are known. Saikano, some people know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, the, oh, Bobo, 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 Bobo. Oh, that's like obviously a huge moneymaker. The one <laughs> with the nose hairs. Yeah. that. I mean, you know, Bobo, Bobo, that exists. Bobo, Bobo. Then there are some small titles that I know of, like Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales is good is a good show. Um, Air Gear people know of, but the but oh the, Air Gear, but if Such you look a terrible show, I miss if, it though. If you look at the the anime of the two thousands for this studio is definitely Precure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because they've had one, two, three, what a dozen seek series, dude. Beat the Vandal Buster. Come oh, on, oh, bro. Oh shit, man. These are some classics. <laughs> and then if you look at the if, and then if you look at the two at the 2010s it's literally like six shows oh it literally is holy is. crap toriko which i don't think was quite as big as of a hit as people think yeah kyoso giga right which was a nothing show um, it exists robot girls z never heard of it i mean Majin Bone, World Trigger. Like I know oh, these World shows. Trigger. Yeah, that was not good. I know these shows, but they're not blowing people. They're not blowing the anime market off the map. I would argue though that Toddy Cole was probably. It was a hit. It was a hit. I, but, was a hit. I mean, not at like the One Piece Dragon Ball level, but very few shows are. I mean, my point is that like, th- it, there's not enough here, even with Toriko, to say that that they've been doing much in the last six years. Yeah. Yeah. If if you remove them, there's nothing left. It's kind of reminds me of Nintendo. It's like Nintendo in the 80s and 90s just came out with these monstrous um, concepts of characters and and games. And in this this case, it would be anime. And like since then, they've just been writing the coattails of what they've created earlier. I mean, that's the truth though, right? Oh, no, he didn't. It's like in the 80s and 90s, Nintendo created like, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but you know, they created Mario and Zelda and all these concepts. And now they've, and to this day, they are still holding on tightly to those and they haven't come up with anything new since. You don't want to get the NX? We'll see. It's something. <laughs> it's just one more thing for you to spill mouthwash on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that controller, Nintendo. Give it to me now. Um, oh, the controller was basically confirmed, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Are there pictures of it? IGN no. partially confirmed it. IGN partially confirmed. You won't be pleased. What does that even mean? I don't know, but we did a Hobby Addicts on this. I know. Last week, we talked about all the video game consoles. There's no official image, Jackie, if you're looking for it. Then, then why? why there's nothing confirmed then. It's yeah. been, it's been, it has been, quote, partially confirmed by IGN. All right, here's the final word on it, Which Chucky. means nothing. The, most of the details about it, such as the controller, have been already have been covered by Forbes and stuff. It's basically all but confirmed. Yeah, but I, I, I need a picture. They're on the So internet. is the Boomerang controller for the PS3, and that proved to be completely not true. These, these are a little more founded than, than the Boomerang. No, no, that was, like, completely confirmed. That was... You're exhausting me. I'm just saying. I'm, I, 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 don't, I trust Forbes. I don't, believe, I don't believe anything. 
right. Was it an actual Forbes article or was it one of those? It was Forbes an actual blogs? Forbes article. All right. So, um, so <laughs> Toy Animation track. is yes. also a front runner in outsourcing their labor to other Asian countries, which was a topic that came up because when Studio Ghibli said that they had to undergo a restructuring due to financial problems, we all had an argument about whether or not they should have, whether or not Ghibli should have stuck to their guns and made their, their works, you know, glorious masterpieces at mm-hmm. the, but, but, but effectively go out of business because of it. Or if they should do what the other studios do and outsource their labor and continue to proliferate. So now we had a little bit of a, of, of a uh, back and forth in the earlier portion of the show when you had made the um, claim that by outsourcing to the Philippines, the quality of their shows has been diminished and would continue to be diminished by doing so. Yes, I said that. Um, and Shiaki disagreed with that. Um, I will say, because I know you guys are going to fight, I'm going to say I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't think by outsourcing to the Philippines, it means that the show is going to be less quality. However, I will say that historically it has proven to be and by outsourcing to that to a place like the philippines you're in essence saying that you are willing to pay less and generally will then get less quality i i would say i would say i'm somewhat on your side kazuo in in the sense that you know if you if you outsource and you pay less it even even if what you pay for could be just as good, if you're looking for the lowest cost producer, then chances are that is more indicative of how you are approaching what you are creating. Right. Because if if you're just if I'm if I'm trying, let's say I'm remodeling a house mm-hmm. and I just go 100 percent for the lowest cost contractor. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. For free. For free. For free. And, it's not gonna be good. And so and so it's it's one of those Clearly, I don't care that much because all I care about is that dollars and cents sign. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, if I maybe go with a lower cost contractor, but still shop around and Mm -hmm. still look at reviews and still figure it out, then it could still be something that's a product, even though I went for a cheaper option than the highest person on the market. And my only point that I was trying to get at earlier is that I just didn't want to make sweeping generalizations like any anime outsourced to the Philippines is going to be shit or anything like that, because... I don't think that's necessarily the case. Do I don't we- think it's, I don't think it's like, you know, a, a law, like, you know, or anything that's completely solid. Like if this, then this, like there is no, like if it's outsourced to the Philippines, it's going to be crap. However, I will say from what I've seen, that has been the case almost completely across the board. Like, I, I, you know, it's, it's difficult to think of shows that have been outsourced that have been amazing looking. So like, here's an article from a website that is in the Philippines that is basically discussing how the Philippines is becoming a huge hub for global animation outsourcing. Right. And they're all happy about it because they're talking about how they're going to be bigger than China and India as a source of outsourcing animation. Mm -hmm. And it literally says here right in the beginning, right in the article from this Filipino company that the Philippines has, has long been known for its, Oh, it says it's been long over its talented workforce. Okay. Well, I'm I'm retarded. What did you think it said? I was <laughs> it's not talented workforce. Right. We have oh long been known for we're, that. that. We're known to be really shitty. Well, that makes sense because it's a Filipino website. But um, it says in fact 38% of of toy animation ha- is is outsourced to the Philippines, and which makes up 38% of its 400 employees. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like 
can, can an anime outsourced to the Philippines have great animation quality? Of course, absolutely, it's possible. I mean, there can be there are great animators in every country all over the world. Um, the the main issue is that these companies are tending to pay less for less pro or less quality. So. Um, is it possible to have a great show? Yes, of course, but it hasn't been the case, unfortunately, thus far. I'm sure there are some shows that have been outsourced to the Philippines that look tremendous that I just don't know of. Well, I mean, when you look up articles online about Toei Animation outsourcing their animation abroad, what you get are pictures of Dragon Ball Super, which is Goku Ooh. without a face. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, of course, the internet is going to glom on to the absolute worst example of it. It's not just Dragon Ball Super. I mean, but, like, what about the, well, Sailor Moon Crystal? It looked bad. Yeah, I mean, the issue is that. Well, like, that might be an issue with Toei, though. But no, because most of because there's an article that I also read that said that there's a very distinct difference between animation and animation production. Animation production means that they are responsible for getting the animation created, which doesn't mean that they necessarily make it themselves. It just means that they're responsible for making it, whether they do it in house or whether they outsource it. And if they're doing the animation, then they are literally credited as doing the animation. Whereas that's not what, what Toei does a lot of the time. They're just this big company that gets, you know, commissioned to make something and they do it how, in whatever means they need to. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting, and I'm trying, I'm trying to do some, some on-the-spot research for this. Investigative um, journalism. Exactly. Um, but... When I search for anime made in the Philippines or Philippine Filipino made anime or you know whatever long key long keyword search terms that I'm trying to to find things on, literally the only thing that I'm coming up with is Toei, and not to say that other studios aren't doing it because I'm I'm not, I'm sure a lot of studios have and a lot of studios will in the future. That's just how low cost labor markets kind of work. Um, but I'm I'm trying I'm trying to find examples that aren't Toei, and I'm actually really struggling. And I don't know if that's because Toei is just the most documented of of anime producers. If that's because you know Toei has run into the most problems with things like Sailor Moon Crystal or or Dragon Ball Super or issues in you know One Piece or whatever. Um, but I do think that's interesting that that I'm having a legitimately hard time finding some kind of and any documentation of anime produced in the philippines other it's, than through toy it's not just the philippines either i mean it's not like i'm saying oh the philippines just sucks it's it's any country outside of japan mm. is what i'm referring to i mean a lot well, of people go to china yeah. a lot of people go if you look at the credits on anime a lot of it a lot of it is, is that if you look at the credits of the animators for a lot of shows they're korean names right that's I mean, outsourced it's, it's, also it's it's not the the place it's the the idea that the studio is willing to outsource and pay less you know for something that is probably going to be less quality so well and i think i think that's you've kind of hit on it kazo is it's it's less about where it's being outsourced to and more about the practices surrounding mm -hmm. the outsourcing if they're literally like who is going to give us the lowest price to draw some shit yeah. then of course you're going to end up with something crappy but if a studio is and 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 that would happen. I would I would argue that could even happen in Japan or to varying degrees. But like, anytime you are trying to find scrape the bottom of the barrel and you don't care. Well, and that's just the, that's just something that I mean companies in general do. Like it's all about maximizing your profits and yeah. and and basically, like in 
I feel like a lot of companies do this. It, it's it's what can I get away with and make the most amount of money back on my investment? Exactly. You know, like how much, like how terrible can my service be and I can still make a profit? There's this weird, <laughs> there's this weird middle ground that you got to find that you should find yourself in because on one hand you have Ghibli who is so meticulous with their animation that they literally can't afford it. Yeah. They they make a movie that makes a hundred million dollars and they and they release a statement that says it may not have been profitable. Well, Jesus, yeah. how long much money did it take to make the damn movie if you can't be profitable after making a hundred million bucks? So that's one extreme. Then the other extreme is Dragon Ball Super, where you where you have Goku without eyebrows. So like yeah, I see you scrolling through these Dragon Ball Super pictures. I mean, they're, they're hilarious, just, they're abysmal. There's nothing wrong with outsourcing. Most companies do it, but there's but toy has <laughs> just like, i know it's terrible look at this that? one this one's this one's this oh one's my crazy. god this is terrible look at that one right there what holy is, shit like that is you know what that that looks like something i drew in the sixth grade yes like, <laughs> but see but see that's kind of my point is it's less about the fact that it was outsourced or where it was outsourced to and more about the mentality behind the outsourcing which honestly resides with toy more than the Philippines or China or India or Korea or wherever else they could outsource oh it to. God. Can there's you post pic- that in the chat somehow? There's like, this picture of holy jeez. There's this picture of uh, Goku from the movie where he's fighting Yojem- um, Yojembo or whatever, like movie eleven or something. Yeah. From 1995, and he's he's in Super Saiyan three, and he looks great, right? Yeah. And then there's a picture of him from 2015 from Dragon Ball Super. And it's literally insanity. I it mean, looks like a child drew it. It looks like a fifth grader drew it. Yeah. And I'm just That's saying, when I first started learning how to draw. That's what it looked like. And I'm just saying it Toei Animation wouldn't attract so much attention to itself if it didn't if it if it outsourced but took a but took a better approach to it, put more money into it. But it's not just their fault. I'm sure that Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Super is on the top ten list of, of highest rated shows in Japan every week. Yeah. They're being positively reinforced while simultaneously having bad animation. So of course well, they're going to like say, oh, F it, we can make a bajillion dollars even if we don't put any money. Yeah, that's like, do that's stick like, figures with Super Saiyan hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still make a billion dollars. That's like the shitty movie franchises here in the States that get like three or four films of sequels. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> it's not good, but people are still going to see it enough that they're making a profit and it's like, okay, well. Yeah, I mean, and there is also a, a, di- a distinction to be made between how we're viewing it and how the general audience would view it. Like we're viewing it critically from critical analysis perspective and the general viewing audience wouldn't view it as such. Like they're not going to sit there and break down. Oh, well, I don't like how the animation on this looks or I don't like the voice acting in this. They're going to oh, be like, Dragon Ball Super was really yeah. bad. Oh, I know, I know, of course. But I'm just saying like we are looking at from looking at it from a different perspective yeah. in general. So, you know, they would just be like, oh, sweet, more Dragon Ball. I love it. I'm going to post this picture on Twitter for, for people who want to see it. Oh, Lord. That's a painful picture. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I hate to, like, mention toy animation in this breath, but I can't help it because it's, this is what they've been, this is what they've been the last few years. So what do you think the future of toy is going to be? Like, what, what, where do they go from here? Insanely profitable. I mean, it's I nothing think, but money. I think as long as they keep, as long as it keeps selling, they're clearly reducing their margins as much as possible by yeah. going with the absolute cheapest that they can get away with. And as Mitsugi said, wait, no, you said which, oh, wait, you know. said companies being reinforced positively. No, I think that's okay, sorry. As uh, Mitsuki said, you know, as long as the company is basically being positively reinforced by the market, which basically means people are buying their shit anyway or consuming it in some way or another, then they don't have any reason to change. Yeah, I mean, but how long do you think they can keep this going? Like, I mean, there's got to be a, a tipping point where people say, 
man, this show really sucks. You know, like <laughs> there's gotta be a point where people like the blindfold is lifted from them. The veil of, of fanboyism is removed. Like wh- where does that happen? If that happens at all, I feel like it just has to at some point. Um, the only thing, the only thing that I can think, like if I was going to speculate and this is a hundred percent like speculation and right. probably nostalgia goggles, but I feel like Dragon Ball Z is surviving a lot or the Dragon Ball franchise is surviving a lot on people like us Mm -hmm. who grow up with it in its heyday and even people slightly older than us who got started on Dragon Ball when we got started on Dragon Ball Z at like that same kind of age. I stopped watching it a while ago, Dragon Ball Super. Like I watched the first like maybe 20 something episodes, 27 episodes, I think. And then I just stopped because I'm like, this is not, it's not the same. It's horrible. I'm talking about it in Japan though. Right. Um, and you have those diehard fans, but then like kids are probably not being turned on as much to it because like like the the True. kids right now are probably looking at it and it's not holding up to the other things that are out on the market. Yeah, so yeah, great point. Um I mean, what do the kids nowadays have? Like you know, when we had Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, Pokemon, Digimon, Pokemon, what, what do the kids have nowadays? Pokemon Pokemon really? still. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Pokemon and uh Yokai Watch. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like the brand equity that Dragon Ball has is going to wane if they keep putting out, you know, this type of product because eventually they're going to run out of people to capitalize on the nostalgia for. Yeah. I'm just not sure about that though. I think that like, I'm looking at I'm looking at something right here from August 21st and Dragon Ball Super is like the sixth highest rated show right above Detective Conan. It has almost the same rating as One Piece. That's crazy. I mean, that right there is just the evidence of the of of the issue, you know. Yeah. Evidence of an issue. But it's but it's mostly little kids in Japan that are driving these ratings because Dragon Ball Super comes on TV, you know, during times when little kids can watch it. Yeah, and I would and they think, don't know any better. I would think that Dragon Ball Super uh, appeals more to younger children than Dragon Ball Z did. Like Dragon Ball Z appealed to, you know kids uh, I mean, really of all ages but it was a much more serious and adult you know show um and dragon ball super just seems to be like you know goofy fun time for little kids so you know i could see little kids being turned on to this more so even than you know the original yeah, right, so i just posted the image and on, on the twitter for people who want to look at it um yeah i think it's it's worth looking at the picture and then the tv rating back to back so interesting Anyway, we're kind of running over. This is, do you guys have any other comments? No, no. I think that's it. I'm good to... We'll, we'll take another anime news break, and then when we come back, we are going to have our review for the day. Argument. <laughs> our argument of the day. Which is ReZero. Hail you anime addicts, this is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, if you're like me, you probably love reimaginings of classic tales. One such reimagining that I geeked out over was Jane Austen's story, Pride and Prejudice Met with Zombies. Well, the movie Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is opening in Japan on September 30th, and manga creator Sankichi Meguro, the creator of Ghost Talker's Daydream, has been tapped to make some hilarious promotional artwork. Meguro is currently serializing a manga with a similar story based off of a novel, Kokoro. And like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, it is a horror reimagining featuring, you guessed it, zombies. 
Megaro was approached to draw a collaboration image between the two worlds, showing characters from the film and Megaro's own manga fighting off the dead together. Of course, you can find this promotional imagery online. In other news, we've spoken about the film The Red Turtle before. It was created by award-winning Dutch animator and director Michael Dudok de Witt, and I am sure I butchered that name. I am so sorry. Well, if you are excited to finally get your chance to view the film and you're here in the U.S., IMDb has begun streaming a U.S. trailer for DeWitt and Studio Ghibli's animated film. Yes, this is the one that Studio Ghibli helped produce. You can find that trailer on IMDb. Sony Picture Classics will be screening The Red Turtle in North America starting January 20th, 2017. So while it's a few months off, that's something that I've already marked my calendar for. In other news, for those of you who are dub fans, head over to YouTube because Funimation has begun streaming an English dub trailer for Death Parade. The video preview scenes from the anime and teases Funimation's limited edition release. It is almost two minutes of content showing off the English voice acting. Funimation will be releasing the series on Blu-ray disc and DVD combo pack. The video does not list the home video's release shipping date. Funimation's official website does list the release of both the standard and limited edition for November 29th, just in time for the holidays. And finally, for you One Punch Man figure collectors out there, the Tornado of Terror Tatsumaki is joining the Good Smile Company's Nenroid lineup this February 2017. You can find photos of the actually quite adorable Nenroid and all of her props online. Everything down to her emerald curls are interchangeable in case you want a more disheveled look when she is in full esper mode. The Nenroid will cost 4,444 yen, just shy of 45 US dollars. Good Smile's online shop is already accepting pre-orders until October 20th. She joins Saitama and Genos as the third One Punch Man Nenroid. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey Mitsugi, remember that one time when Kimiko sat on my lap for like the whole after party? How can I forget? Or that time when you were super hungover from partying in Tokyo? Hey now. We get up to some crazy things on the after parties sometimes, don't we? For sure. And if anybody listening wants to get in on the fun, they can do so by subscribing to our $3 support tier and getting access to our bi-weekly after parties. Just go to aaapodcast.com forward slash join and select the $3 tier. Set up your membership if you don't already have one from the forums. As soon as you're done, you'll be enjoying our full backlog of after parties and have access to every time we release a new one. Don't miss another moment of the crazy. Head to aaapodcast.com forward slash join. Hi, my name is Sonny Strait, voice of Krillin from Dragon Ball Z, and I'm an anime addict. Kamehameha, bitches!
And we are back to the 300th and holy crap, what's this episode? 43rd episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. Of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. We got some quick clerical stuff to go through. The first one is a five star review oh, by man. Mugging Swans in the Pond. Let me just say something. I live awesome. for these five star reviews. I live for the names of some of the people that leave the five star reviews. Right? Mugging Swans in the Pond. Swans <laughs> are nasty. Awesome. If, you can, are. if you can do that, then then that's actually impressive. If you could just get rid of the swans, that would be nice. They're beautiful, but man, they're mean. So, uh, mugging, mugging swans in the pond, and thank you so much for writing a five-star review for us. We are, um, we are the highest-rated anime podcast ever on iTunes, Woo! so right. bring it on. We want more and more. We're going to be greedy. I want more five-star reviews. More. So, um, mugging swans in the pond writes, I started listening recently, and I must tip my cap to the AAA crew. Very few anime podcasts last this long, as well as maintain the quality that they do. The hosts have incredible chemistry and are among the most well-run, structured podcasts I've heard. Thank you for making my day seem short. Keep up the great work. I think we balance each other out. I think that's what's important. I'm the hater. I hate everything. No, that's not true. Uh, everything. You you bring the order, you know, and like, I mean, like, obviously you put together a lot of the outlines and so do you, of course, Jackie. But like, you're very um, on top of like main, making sure everything's in place. And then, well, he's the producer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I come in and just poop all over the place. <laughs> and uh, I want to be a producer of a hit show on Broadway. I don't. Hmm. Is that from something? Nah. Lunch at Sardis every day. Never heard this before. Okay. Uh, Moving along. Girls wearing nothing but pearls. Anyway, still don't know what this is. Um. So trivia. The answer this week was Yuno from Future Diary. Those who got it correct were. Yeah, um, <laughs> I got to read it all. Talking about being unprepared. Yeah, way to go, Mitsuki. I was, read I was just singing your praises, and then you screw us. <laughs> all right, so the correct answers were... I went past it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, level 69, Arcanine, QTB, Immortal, Reader, Link 182, Irradius, JD984, Sui Sujin, Icy Rose, Ma Outlaw Mazinger, Ichigo Fields, Nelly1876, Karma Assassin, Guy Vercuno, Chibi Rob, Link182 oh, Link again, uh, James the Reviewer, King of Dong Style. And the winner for the week was Guy Vercuno, and our theme is still Anime Faces. And we have an in-show trivia question for you that we'll give you the answer for after the review. Yeah. Um, as per our most recent hobby addict, my mouth just stopped. It just, <laughs> it just stopped. As per our most recent hobby addicts on the making of the tale of Princess Kaguya, name two other films directed by the legendary director Isao Takahata. And we talked about Takahata in our Studio Ghibli spotlight like two, three weeks ago. So you should know some of these. All right. ReZero, who passed this? This was me. All right. So, Go, Kazuo. Okay, so ReZero, um, I feel like it's a very popular show. A lot of people know about it. Um, I'll, I'll just give you a short idea of what the show is about. Um, the show is about a young boy. I believe he's 17 years old because uh, he does speak it's about... He's not really young. He's a young man, let's say. A young man, okay. A young man, 17 years old, um, is one day, one, one evening, leaving the convenience store... Uh, his local convenience store. And when he walks out, he blinks. And as he opens his eyes, he's in another world. Um, yes, that's right. He's also a hikikomori. Right. I uh, think. 
basically more or less they don't go into it so I'm i think not sure. they use the word he like i when i was listening and they called him a shut-in on the translation i think oh. i caught them using the word hikikomori okay in japanese sure i think so um yeah so this is another show about a guy getting transported to a another world that's kind of like a fantasy almost video game type environment situation with fairies and elf girls and you know cat human hybrid creatures and girls that love him right um sure now enough. now i watched the when i passed the show i watched the first three episodes and almost immediately i was like oh god this is just another one of those i'm not going to pass this but and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens literally at the first episode at the end of the first episode he is brutally slaughtered like yeah. just gutted Pretty sliced gorily. open yeah <laughs> gorily is that a word no it should not be. even a little. It should be. Yeah, I agree. So he is. He was bigord. He bigord. That's not a word either. Yeah. Bigord. You know. Anyways, everything is buh. <laughs> so he is just sliced and diced brutally, and 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 the, and then he reawakens, uh, back in the, um, in the shopping center area that he was in, uh, when he first was transported to the new world. He returns by death. Yes, he calls it returns by death. Um, and so after watching that, I was like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. And then the first three episodes, he kind of like redoes the whole situation that led to his death and tries to like not die, basically. You know, it's like he, he's, he's on this path and he's like, I want to be able to do this, but he keeps getting killed. So he comes back, tries it again, comes back, tries it again. Um, and that's the main crux of the show. Uh, he meets a girl who is a half, uh, a she's a half elf, elf. elf I think. Yeah. yeah half elf with silver hair and um Man. he ends up falling for her um right off the bat like you know love at first type sight type situation um and her name's amelia her name's amelia and he soon finds out that she is in line to be she's one of the people in line to be the next king of the land or whatever it takes him it takes him a few episodes to learn that i think it's like yeah. five episodes something six like episodes. that it's like a minor spoiler there um and so his his whole thing is he wants to I guess be with her and do serve her, I guess, kind of. I it's interesting because it's like you don't really know why he loves her, but he but he keeps telling you he does. Yeah. So he does. He doesn't really know anything about her. Um but yeah, that's kind of the crux of the show. That's the whole uh, over encompassing like what it's about. Um Well, a lot of the show is fixing these problems that come up. If you yes. think about the show's timeline from start to finish, not much time passes. Right. He keeps dying and going back and yes. trying to fix the situation. Think like Steins Gate. Like when, when he kept coming back and coming back and trying to like not get this girl killed and he kept guys, going back in time. Guys, I got this. Yeah. I actually think it it's is, more like Higurashi no Nakakoro ni. It is Edge of Tomorrow, but not nearly as good. It is Edge of Tomorrow. It is Edge of Tomorrow where the main character doesn't figure out how to be a badass. I, I think it's... I think it's more Higurashi than it is these other shows. Like I, I, I get what you're saying, but um, Higurashi has other things about it that make it seem similar. Like mm -hmm. for example, Higurashi is about is about Vika who is trying to not get everybody killed, and so she keeps going back in time and redoing these of these same events to try to keep everybody from getting killed. But much like in Higurashi, ReZero is very gory. Like there's yeah. a, there's some really savage scenes. Like that scene. 
God, there's so many spoilers. There's scenes where people like get killed and they get like their limbs twisted off and stuff. Yeah. And it's pretty gory. And, and they don't really censor it. They don't. And that's um something that's similar with Higurashi, like where you have people, you know, ripping their eyeballs out or whatever yeah. they're doing. Um, like Edge, Edge of Tomorrow and um and Science Gate. Well, have, for those similar for those premises, listening, but they're not gory. For those listening, Edge of Tomorrow is not an anime, it's a it's a movie based on a Long, uh, um, book, light, not, novel. light novel. Yeah. yeah. A live action movie. And it was also And he would die and come back and die and come back, that kind of situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of the one of the out one of the interesting things about this is it's super gory. Um, but it's very video game like. And he even mentions um because as he, he so he he let's say, and I'm I don't want to I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but like a certain thing happens on a certain day at a certain time that kills him. And he keeps going back and back and back until he can fix that and survive. And so he survives. And then later on down the road something else happens that kills him. And so he has to go back and try that. And he talks about at one point, he's like, oh, my save point has been moved forward. So Yeah, so, <laughs> but do they ever discuss what makes his, like, checkpoint, I'm calling it, move forward? Well, I think, so, so his, in this world, there is a lore that we learn about, I want to say in, like, episodes, somewhere between, like, 7 to 10. So, I mean, this is a 24-episode show, so I'm not going to really call this spoiler territory um but basically the lore is that there are these 25 episodes I think. oh sorry 25 there are these there are these seven you know the seven Te deadly technically sins. 26 because episode one is one a one b this show is long i mean um so just i'm sorry to, to derail you sorry you yeah, know but I, they don't play the opening and the ending on half the episodes and they're like 25 minutes long so i would say this is actually closer to 30 minutes 30 episodes of a normal anime hmm. um anyways but what I was saying is in this in this world, there's this lore about um, that there were these incarnations of the kind of the seven deadly sins. And if I'm remembering correctly, the yeah. witch of jealousy, who was uh, Statella, Satella or something? Satella. 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 Yeah. Um, Sounds like a food. She ends <laughs> up. Like she ends up. Uh, consuming or taking the powers of the others and becoming one of the most powerful and no one like evokes her name or whatever. Right. And she looks a lot like the main girl. Exactly. Which is why a lot of people don't like her because she looks, you know, like the witch. But it's pretty heavily implied that his powers and 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 almost outright stated toward the end of the series when you kind of get these glimpses and whatnot. So again, I'm not thinking this is spoilers because it's pretty overt from the beginning. Um that his powers in some form come from the witch. Um, but why she's we giving them to him, what the rules are, if it'll ever run out, if, like, like the only rules that we know <laughs> yeah. are that this quote-unquote save point keeps getting moved up and at that, different points. And that apparently he can't tell anyone. And that he can't tell anyone. The witch won't let him tell anyone. And that's... That's it. Which honestly, for me, one of the thing, one of the biggest problems that I had with the show was the lack of all kind of rules on this magic. Because I kept running into the thing where I was like, it doesn't feel like, yeah, okay, there's there's almost this this gore porn level of yeah. of violence and and shocking things that are happening. And and I guess in a way, kudos to the animators for not half-assing anything. But on the other side, I was kind of sitting there and I'm like. How can I care about the fact that everyone dies if it if, doesn't mean anything? If it doesn't mean anything, yeah, he's I, just going to come back. Yeah, I think gore porn is an, is a good way to put it. And and what's interesting is that it, it almost fell into like a, a formula of like each episode he died at the end. Yep. And then came did. back, and the next episode dies at the end, comes back, and they would just try to find new effed up ways to kill him. 
Yeah. And so I just, I just kept getting to the point where now, now I think they did, I think they did a good job. I'm, I'm trying to give credit where credit is due. I think they get, did a good job of expressing kind of the emotional turmoil that that had on him. Yeah. But I think it's pretty screwed up in the head at, at one point in the show from but, what happens to him. But that started, even that started getting, started to get exhausting for mm. me where, where it got to the point where I was like, okay, he's sobbing or screaming again. Yeah. And I get it that if you were really in that situation, that it would it would probably break most people and that wouldn't be far off from being realistic but the other part of me is like we're already in a fantasy world and i don't want to watch a character that is literally going to spend two-thirds the anime screaming or crying yeah i just it, it's it's more there, exhaustion than i want to put there in. was an episode towards the end i think it was like episode 19 or something where i think the whole episode was him crying <laughs> it was the episode That's where he true. was talking to rem yeah and it's a, it's kind of a nice scene because it's a change. It's like a, it's an evolution in his character, sort of. He kind of figures his shit out, but he really does scream and cry the whole episode. Yeah, like, I think it's a solid twenty minutes of it. No, I remember that. Yeah, it's I, probably I, not that unrealistic for his situation. I'm, but. Yeah, yeah, it, it's understandable that he would be going through that psychologically. However, it's not entertaining. <laughs> like, you know, it's like yeah. nobody wants to see that. You know, we get it, but we don't. That's not what we're tuning in for: is to see a guy literally scream and cry the entire episode. Um, but it does build on his character, and he does it. It does help his. It's an evolution in his character. Um, but then it seems that he goes right back to who he was before, and like, you know, after that, when he when he kind of gets his stuff together, and it's like, oh well, now he's just the same exact guy. He just knows what's going to happen, so he's able to fix things. Yeah, I I ran into with the show's characters overall. I ran into the fact that the characters ended up frustrating me because I actually liked a lot of the characters. Mm -hmm. Like the characters themselves, I liked. But I felt like the animators and the creators fell back on a lot of the standard tropes. Oh, yeah. No, the, every every to, character was a trope, ev 100%. But but the frustrating thing is, is every character's design and presentation was a trope. Mm -hmm. But the characterization themselves, I would actually argue overall for a lot of them ventured away from tropes. Like I actually thought Rem was a great character, but yeah. if you look at her, trope. Yeah. I thought the gothic Lolita library girl was a really interesting character. If you look at her, trope. Right. Even even Amelia, if you look at her, you're kind of like, okay, there's now, our- um, I, that, well, I, well, that's where I draw the line. Amelia had no character. Okay, fair enough. She was, the, yeah, the blank slate. The, the characters' appearances were kind of tropish, but I thought I actually thought there was some complexity in their personalities. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I thought that it it almost is a disservice to the anime because I kept watching it with that, oh, this character is going to be a trope, and then they weren't. Oh, which... Just pandering. Well, and then it did the thing where everyone falls in love with him, and it's like, yeah. and they, but there was no reason for them to fall in love with him. Like, um, you know. Now, technically, that's not true because... Even at the end, he says to Amelia, I will wait as long as I need to for you to fall in love with me. No, but and she tells she like, basically tells him he she, he loves she, well, it's kind of a spoiler. I don't think but not she really. says that. Yeah, she does. She's so. all about him in the last episode. She's, and then it's like, but you don't even know this guy. He's just some weird guy that's been following you around. She's Which, friendly. In the timeline, she's probably known him for like a week. Yeah. She's friendly with him, but I mean, he says, I will wait for you to fall in love with me. And she says, like, thank you or something. That's what she says. So it's not like she says it back. Um, I, 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 I'm remembering this different than you, but she was definitely all about him in the last episode. Tiebreaker, Chiaki. I think you're... 
both right. And I'm not trying to play the field, but here yeah, me I don't think she one. says that she loves him, but she's definitely all about him at that point. I think, I think what he's saying is I will wait for you to be ready to fully acknowledge this and mm-hmm. pr- proceed like forward. Like here, here I am. I'm telling you, I love you. I'm acknowledging it. I'm ready to, you know, be your man, but hello, I love you. Will it, you tell me your name? <laughs> basically great pickup line um but until uh until you're ready you know until you're ready, right honey. well and then it's also interesting is like why does he love her because because, because they tell you he does but like there's no reason he doesn't know her at all you know one thing one thing that he I literally actually, knows almost nothing about her i i forget her name but the green-haired commander girl at one point calls, or Krushu Krush. yeah whatever her name is calls him out on that though and yeah. like he's having that one time where he's like, you know, we gotta go, we gotta save her, we gotta, you know, we gotta go do this. And she's like, you you you've given me this whole spiel, but not once did you say you wanted to go save her, you wanted to go help her. Yeah, you've said all these other things and all of these other reasons why you're trying to get me to help you and and go, you know, do whatever, but not once did you say, you know, you wanted to go help her. Yeah, it's really weird because it's like there's no there is no reason that why why does he love her. It's he. It's just because he says he does. There's a weird towing, I feel like, in this anime of realism and anime. And what I mean by that, and, and it might seem, sound weird to say about a fantasy show, but what I mean by that is, is the anime goes to great lengths to express the difficulty that he has with, for example, <laughs> this this whole dying and coming back and not being able to tell anyone. And the, and, and the anime goes to great lengths to express how hard that is for him and how how like these various basically like psychotic breaks that he goes through in dealing with that. However, on the flip side, it doesn't ever acknowledge how hard it would be for a hikikomori to suddenly be thrust into this really social situation where I guess we're just supposed to go on the fact of, oh, well, this is clearly a game and I'm treating it like I, a game. I, I, That's I, kind of what he does. And and yeah, but but I'm saying like after being there, if, if you're a hikikomori, you're a hikikomori because you have severe psychological issues mm-hmm. and those would come out too. And it's almost like this anime picks and chooses what it wants to be realistic about i can't i can't defense the way that they handle the the the, the hikikomori aspect of it because one they don't ever he doesn't exhibit any hikikomori type type behavior no and but then again they don't really it's not a it's not really a factor in the show. If they didn't have that one line in episode one where he goes, I'm a hikikomori or whatever, you would never know. So I'm not really that bothered by it. But then why have it? Because to, it's Japan and it's to anime. Play, to play, like, like that. It's pandering. That's, it, you have to paint, you have to paint saying, the fantasy. Though. That's frustrating. Yeah. Because you don't get to, you should be able to pick and choose like that. Well, so here's my, here, my so a couple of issues that I have. One is that what I kind of touched on that the, there is no purpose to what he does in the show. Like it, any any reasonably thinking person in the first episode, they f- go to s- this random uh, shack and get killed. And they come back to life. They just don't go to that shack. They're like, oh yeah, I'm not going to forget that. I'm not doing that. But instead he's like, I, I, it becomes obsessed with it. And he's like, I have to go and I have to, you know, accomplish this task. Why? There's no reason. There's literally no reason behind it. So that frustrated me a lot. That just made the whole show seem pointless. And then what also frustrated me is how easy it is for him to die all the time it's like 
like how does anyone live in this world literally how does any like you go into the forest you, know you die thought of? you travel down the road you die I, I just thought of something yeah well first of all i want to finish my thought before while he is a he while they say he's a hikikomori probably for pandering reasons and they don't really touch on that throughout the show i do think that his reaction to the types of things that he's exposed to throughout the course of the anime are pretty realistic like there's a scene where literally everybody is like brutally murdered yeah. in horrific ways and like people he knows that have, that he's known for a while now because he keeps re reliving the same couple weeks or whatever like eyeballs ripped out head twisted off all this brutally gory stuff and he just has a break and i think that's kind of realistic yeah for sure so like i actually while no one likes to watch someone cry and moan for episodes because that's that's the 12 kingdoms treatment right nobody wants to watch the first four episodes of the of the 12 kingdoms because nobody wants to watch the realistic effect of having a girl thrown into a world almost being eaten by monsters for three episodes. Nobody wants to watch this guy cry for for 80 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think that the behavior that he sort of exhibits is pretty realistic. Oh, man. Astrophysics in the chat just said all of the romance in this show bordered on obsessive except for Wilhelm and Teresa. Which <gasps> I was want an anime about just about them. them. That, that yes. like one episode oh. was like the oh, best you mean, part you, of the you entire mean Captain anime. Nemo? Captain Nemo. Oh yeah, kind of, I guess. Yeah. No, those those two That was an awesome story. That I want I want an anime just about them. Yeah, me too. Can I ask a question? Yeah. And I just realized this. Do you remember big the big titted girl with the purple hair that kills him a couple times in the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that once the insignia that uh mm -hmm. Emilia has, where the hell does she go? And why was she there and who sent her? Because because they don't, because maybe I missed it, but they don't, they don't ever go back to that. No, they don't ever. Now there's because a second reasons, season because they needed a way for him to die. There's a second. The same reason the dogs were there. The same reason the whale was there. There's a second so, season, but I'm, and I'm sure that she's gonna come back. It's all just reasons for him to die. I'm not sure if I'm gonna. Well, I think I probably will watch this. Oh, I'm not watching this. the second. I think season. I will. No. no. I got better things to do. You'll watch it if I pick it and pass it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> dance puppets you. dance <laughs> i really didn't think it was that bad i mean there were some episodes in the show that were really good i thought episode three was really good where they have the lengthy battle in the loot house with the ice crystals she's shooting the ice yeah crystal. that was pretty cool episode. no there were some cool fight scenes for sure the episode where everyone gets like brutally murdered like around episode 15 that one's pretty good um actually quite good the the intensity level there was pretty high um, and then oh, most yeah. of the ending was good. Like I thought most of the last four or five episodes was pretty engaging. But the only really negative thing I have to say about the show that is truly a negative is that the first 10 episodes, there are big time pacing problems. Uh, I, I found the first 10 episodes to be I feel pretty like slow. I feel like there are pacing problems throughout the entire show. Like it starts off really slow, but then there are points towards the end where it's like they just run through things and you have like, wait, what just happened? And yeah, well, it is frustrating to have them go through like this huge timeline only to have him die and have him redo a bunch of things, right? Like in the in, in Edge of Tomorrow, they don't do that, they just kind of show you how many times he's re reiterating the same course. And in uh, in Higurashi, she keeps dying, and they say she's died over a thousand times trying to get this thing accomplished. And the same thing but in they don't Steinsgate. show that over and over again. Yeah, in Steinsgate, they do a similar thing where it's like, you know, they ask how many times have you gone back, and and I forget exactly what he says, but it was something to the effect of like, 
just an insane amount of times that he's gone back and tried to save this girl. It's very contrastworthy for this show because I feel like they never indicate how many times he's died. So I'm guessing it's not that often. I think maybe he dies. I think about he dies eight or nine times. I think he dies. I think he dies the amount of times that you see him die. Yeah, it's like eight or nine times. Yeah. But they redo a lot of the same events. Like how many times do we have to watch him wake up in front of the fruit stall? I don't know. There's a whole episode yeah. worth of him being in front of the fruit stall in this anime. And that kind of stuff doesn't need to be there. I mean, really, there's no reason to to have every episode have no ending or opening. So every episode in this anime is basically extra length. A full 25 minutes, almost every episode. It's very lengthy. So I, I do think there are some pacing issues. But I think that the characters are pretty good. Like, I feel like people, anime fans, love these characters. Well, because there's they're, tons of on tons of hentai, by the way, of Rem. I'm oh sure. my god! I mean, it's it's because they're just just standard trope anime characters. Like as far as like their appearance and a lot of what they do is it's just you know it's what the people want, I guess. I I think somehow they make the show feel very epic. Like maybe you don't feel the same way, but I feel like it, that the show has a very epic feel to it and i think the people help it helps people buy into the characters that are in the story well more. here's another thing uh, another issue i have with it this the show has no like story like i'll explain the the whole point of the show is is him dying and coming back to life if you take that out of it if you let's just say let's not have him die and come back to life and just follow the story through it's him trying to get this chick to love him yeah and that's it. And then in the I end, she kind of maybe does a little. Well, maybe that's that, the entire show. Maybe that's a goal, you sort of. But I think more than that, it's, like, what it's is trying to not get her killed. What is what does he accomplish by the end of the show, other than just dying and coming back to life? He he, he not, wants her to love him, but he's trying to save her life through most of it. Yeah. So it's not like he's. It isn't like I don't think the goal. Is I guess, love but me. is that enough of a story to be like to not have someone die? It's like shouldn't there be a where where are they going with this? Like. Is that just the whole story? Is just I'm trying to not have people die. I just think he thinks he's in a video game. Seems like a super weak story. And he's trying to play through the events that he thinks are meant for him. Because yeah. I don't think he thinks he's in a video game though. Well, and if it is a video game, it's a it's a fighting game like Mortal Kombat. Well, because it's just it's just then. it's just you keep dying until you eventually don't die, and that's the whole game. But there's no story behind if it. If he's not in a video game, then he's having a mental breakdown. The reason the reason why I say that is because if he really thought like yeah, there are some meta moments, especially in the beginning in the first episode where he's like clearly I'm the protagonist of this world and I'm about to discover my latent power and and yeah it's meta and funny and fun but I think if that if if he was really supposed to believe that he was in a video game the whole time then him dying would just he wouldn't even he wouldn't be affected by it yeah he would just be like well restart oh, yeah restart all right like and I get it it hurts him and whatever but and like I just feel like he would get so immune to that pain so quickly yeah um I had this feeling that by the by the end of the second season, once they've answered all the questions, like who is Satella? What is the little wispy hand thing going on? What who was the big boob girl in the beginning? Why like what is he gonna do with his magic power? Like they're gonna answer those questions in the second season. And I feel like the show has the potential to be a lot better than we think it is now. But I, but I, at the end of the second season, we will still say it's too long. To quote Kazuo, yes. But you made me eat this shit burger. <laughs> well, I think um in the chat. Uh, who's this? K A M F C M says that it's basically Dark Souls, and it is. It's you keep dying until you don't die, and then you win the game. But there's yeah, no. But I already ate this shit burger. <laughs> Thanks, but there's no like actual story. It's like I guess the story is that he's trying to get her to become the king or something. 
but they queen, never you mean well yeah i guess queen but they, they anyways it doesn't matter um but they never really do anything with that at all like they take no steps towards that well not yet it's been 25 episodes there's a second season that's good i'm not that's... watching a second i'm not watching another 25 oh, you will episodes. if i pass it no i won't oh you will. i won't watch it mm. okay right, so are we ready to score this yeah we're probably way over time we are way over time all do, right do, who wants to go first i want uh mitsuki to go first all right. um i thought the show was pretty good um i was kind of bored at the beginning but liked it more towards the middle and the ending and i think the characters are pretty good He's probably the most least likable character in the show, but it's only because how much he like goes on and on and cries so much. Yeah. I get it, but I still don't like watching it for that much time. It's very long. I, but I but I like the show. I'm going to surprise everybody and uh I'm going to give it uh <sighs> four times I want to pet puck what? out of five. Oh my god. All right. Jesus. Me what too. now? What are you going to do? You want to come over here and take that four out of five away from me, but you can't. You can't do it. Oh, I definitely you can't can. do it. All I'll right. just lower all my you, score. <laughs> all you can do is give your own score. No. Nah. Which I will scoff at. Do you want to go, Kazuo, or do you want me? I can go ahead. Since I mean, I guess since all I right. passed it, I'll go, I'll go last. All right. Save the best for last. Something like that. <laughs> um, you know, I this show made me angry. And I wanted to. I wanted to burn it to the ground. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fignat's going. This show sucks. Ten out of ten. I never said it sucked. I've been defending it the whole time. Open your ears, Fignat. I really, I really wanted to burn it to the ground in this review um, and turn it to ash more than the witch cult did to Rem's village. Do it. Um, but, but yes. When I compare it to the other drivel that i have watched oh, here it comes don't compare it to other drivel you I gotta have, score it on its own i have a really hard time deciding which is worse shittier anime that only makes me deal with it for 12 ap episodes or terribly mediocre anime that makes me deal with it for 24 episodes 25 26 whatever the f it was it, it was, was more like 30 on all fairness 100 episodes. total runtime <laughs> it was more like 30. the animation was pretty the music really wasn't bad, but you know, you, you, you know what? I'm just going to be mean. I'm going to give it a two and a half. You have five. any idea how much better than Boongo Stray Dogs this is? Apples to apples, this anime is like a masterpiece compared to Boongo Stray Dogs, huh. which I think we gave a two and a half. So I, I was between, okay. I, oh my God, that was, anime was so bad. I was between a two and a half and a three, but my biggest thing is I look at it and I'm like, if they can't accomplish any, hardly anything in 25, 26 episodes or more, as you're saying, Mitsugi, that's just not they, well, good they storytelling. The, well, the thing is, they literally accomplish nothing. Like, the same thing that happens at the end of episode one is the same thing that happens at the end of episode 25. I think they accomplish quite a lot. He dies, and then he comes back to life, and then he finds a way to not die that time. And then at the end of episode 25, he dies, come back, comes back to life, and finds a way to not die that time. But guess what's going to happen in episode 26, 27, and 28? He's going to die again. And guess what's going to happen next it's season? It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> over and guess over. Guess what's going to happen in the winter when you're watching the next I'm season? I'm not watching it. Oh, you will. So, I mean, <laughs> the show literally accomplishes nothing. It's literally the same thing from the first episode to the last episode with no resolution, no progression. Well, 0.5 out of 5. Nothing. 0.5. Well, I, I want to bring up something I find interesting, which I mentioned, oh, I think, to gosh. Mitsugi before the show. On my anime list, um, oh this show currently has an 8.75 and it's ranked number 34, 34 <sighs> best show of all time. 
<laughs> However, what's interesting to me is that when you scroll down and you look at the written reviews, the number one most helpful written review, which is the one that the most people have thumbed up or, you know, whatever they call it, is a three. Oh, the internet's full of hate. But but that's the one that the most... And we are that, on the internet. That almost 1,800 people have, have said that they found that review helpful and they gave it a three. So that's that's interesting to me. It's how, how it could still have an 8.75 and like the most, you know, thumbed up review is a three, but whatever. Um, that's just because people aren't typing out reviews and they're just scoring it numerically. Um, this is not... See, what's this show is one of the shows that depresses me because people like it so much. And I'm like, it's not a good show. There's almost nothing good about this show. It's pretty, sure. There are bright colors and flashing lights. That's nice. But like there's... and and. I'm, I'm about to show you some lights. Just kidding. I don't know what lights are going to show me, but okay. But like lights out. And, and, and I will I will go back to my 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 synopsis is the 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 sum of it all is the show does nothing. It accomplishes nothing. Episode one equals episode twenty five equals episode a hundred. They're oh all the God. same. It, there is no conclusion. There is no progression. It's just it's just a pretty thing to look at. Just um, give it a one and be done with it. I'm not going to give it a one. I'm going to give it. A two out of five. Oh, great Odin's Raven. <laughs> great Odin's Raven. Oh. What, is, what does that work out to? That works out to a 2.8, which rounds up to a three. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, you guys. It's too low. But it's okay, too high. Whatever. A three? It's yeah. too high. I yeah. think a three is fair. Like I said, I was at a oh 2.75. I just feel grumpy. Do you know how bad? I want you to tell me, why is this show good? Because other anime that we've reviewed No, 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 recently, no, no, no. Why is this show good? I can't go through all that again. Just give me one have, reason. I don't have time. Just give me one reason the why it's good. The animation is gorgeous. Okay. That's, you said one reason. I don't right. have time to go through all that. So there you go. Again. Pretty. All right, all right, what's the answer to the intro trivia question? All right, the intro trivia question was, as per our most recent hobby addicts on the making of the tale of Princess Kaguya, name two other films directed by legendary director Isao Takahata. Takahata's films are Pompoko, Only Yesterday, Grave of the Fireflies, My Neighbors the Yamada, uh, Gouch the Cellist. Okay, Gouch the Cellist, Horus, Prince of the Sun, and Panda Go Panda. Probably a couple more too, but Panda anyway. Go Panda. Go Panda. All right, you guys, that was a really, really long episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. But you guys hung in. We gave you what you wanted. We got you some anime We gave picks. you even some of what you didn't want. <laughs> As always. Us talking. And we made you take it. You can find us at, but only with your consent. Um, you can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes. Don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us and help us stay the most rated anime podcast ever. Or something like that. Facebook.com forward slash anime addicts anonymous podcast, twitter.com at AAA podcast, and live on YouTube. Thank you, you guys. For those of you who joined us live, it is always a pleasure and uh, we love hearing from you. Are there people still watching? Oh, of yeah. course. It's a miracle. I don't, if we could have if we could have people through the endless after party. My God. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, everyone. Take care and thank you for joining us. Bye.